Welcome one, welcome all. I swear to God, if my mic's not on, it is. Welcome to Stormbuds Live. Let me switch to MMO Game Capture. Yeah! Oh, you're dancing. You're dancing. And I totally covered up with my menu. I wasn't ready for that. You didn't say you were going to dance. That was not a dance. That was a collapse. That was I, it was supposed collapse? to be collapse. That was a ha. Huh. That was my that was me reacting with surprise that your mic was working. <laughs> Welcome to Stormbuds. This is the live episode of uh, our Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast. Today we are going to be... Goodness gracious. Okay, Goodness I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll dial it back a little bit. Okay, so if you're listening to this after the fact, um, what's going on here is that we've got our in-game audio going... Um, and we're gonna re- the the vod's gonna just be a day later, but right now we are just having a good time with people in Twitch chat and uh, in our house. Uh, <laughs> so thank you all so much for showing up. We've got a great show today. We're gonna talk about the end of Shadowbringers 5.0. Yeah, we are big episode, very big episode. We're gonna have a Q and A session with the Twitch chat and the people in game. Um, and we're gonna have a uh, a lovely, lovely time. So uh, we thank you all so much. Before though, of course, we get started with anything. Of course, talking about the main quest. You can't just dive right into the main quest, right? No, we got to do our side quest. We got to do our side quest first. You see those little green exclamation points, those yellow exclamation points, the ones that are not the me- the meteor shaped ones, whatever. Maybe you're colorblind. I don't know. Well, they're green in Final Fantasy 16. That's where that came from. Shut up, Jerome. Let's talk about our side Again, quest. I haven't played. You have not played. You have not played it. Uh, but what have you played or done? Uh, actually, okay. I got, I got the game this time. No oh, my more, God. No more just watching television. Okay. No, last uh, week or so, actually, I've been playing a little bit of um, Moonlighter. You oh, Moonlighter? I, yeah. I've, pl- I've played through it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's well, so so Moonlighter is a roguelike sort of dungeon crawler, mm-hmm. with like Zelda-like style action, but with a lot of sort of loot that you're picking up it's, constantly. Uh, yeah, it's a top-down, uh, top-down roguelike. Like Zelda style, Binding of Isaac style, sort of like randomly yeah. procedural ju- dungeons room by room, except that all the stuff that you're kind of picking up, you're grabbing all the raw materials through every run, and then you take them back to town, and you put them in your little shop, and then yeah. people come into your shop, and then they react very positively or negatively based on how stuff is priced, mm-hmm. and then you go adjust the prices in real time in <laughs> some weird neoclassical economist dream of how commerce works, Yeah, and then... <laughs> And then you make money, and you turn that money into upgrades, and you go further in the dungeon, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I played through that a while ago. I played it when I first moved here. It was a train commute game. Oh, nice. Sure. It was like the perfect kind of thing for that. Uh, enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Like, I can tell already that, like, the the economic loop, like, how the how you, like, balance the upgrades with going deeper into the dungeons is going to be, like, the entire thing. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, like... Is that going to mean? Is that going to be well balanced throughout the game? Am I going to hit a point where I feel like I'm having to grind too much for money, or I'm too overpowered? Like, do you think? Was it like sort of? It's been like five years since I played that game, so okay. I don't know. But I remember really liking it, and mm-hmm. I hope your journey is good. I mean, I I like it, and I tend not to like those shop kind of games, but I liked that it was sort of. Um, it wasn't the whole thing. And the I, shop layer is very it, minimal. I want to. I mean that it. it um, I've not been like this is not my side quest, but it will soon be. I, I might pick up Dave the Diver, which I is similar. Well, it's like similar to Moonlighter, but except a, you're instead. Oh, God, I can't talk. I mean, I'm going to talk about it next episode after I get it. But it's similar in that vein where you're going out and then you're running a shop at night. 
Um, but there are a couple of twists. Um, but instead, I mean, is there anything else you wanted to talk about Moonlighter nope. before we go on? Okay, Seems cute. Seems fun. It's cute. It's fun. My side quest, before I get too into a game I haven't even played, <laughs> I will talk about the game I did roll credits on, which is Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that last episode. Um, thank you for clapping for me in game. That's really nice of you to have done that. Uh, you know, these visual gags, I do have to... If you t- every time you do a visual gag, I do have to say what it is. You to call it out. I do have to call it out. Quiet in the audience. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I have been playing. Yeah, Octopath Traveler two. Um, really, really excellent game. Um, I would give it. I mean, kind of a nine out of ten. Really, I think where the first one for me was more like a seven. Um, okay, so it's interesting. Really, it yeah. really, it's really, really good. Uh, they did a lot of the, I feel like they did a lot of the legwork last time and then they focused in on the writing and the, um, the gameplay a little bit, sort of the, the, the exploration and the world. Uh, there's just a lot more depth going on and it, it, and I do have to knock it for the first kind of loop because with Octopath Traveler, what it is, if you're not familiar, it's a, it's a, an old, it's a kind of, um, mid nineties RPG sort of like, uh adventure game wherein you choose between eight protagonists and then you go around and you collect the other eight and then all their stories sort of intertwine and connect to a sort of singular event that's causing a lot of problems around the world but like, or so it seems because like a lot of the criticism i saw the first game was like that those eight stories didn't really cohere super well Not, towards the end. Yeah, no they, they it, the in the end they did yeah i, I guess super well is they they cohered sort of loosely um but i think in this game they did a much better job of getting them to start to getting the characters to start to tie together sort of around the second time around and i wish it were i don't know what the solution here is you know they've kind of written themselves into a corner because you still do have to spend a good eight hours of like flashbacks and like going and collecting people (laughs) and getting around that loop that first time but after you do, after I did that, the floodgates opened in a really wonderful way, and I recommend anyone that lamented that Final Fantasy sixteen was really not an RPG to go give Octopath Traveler two a play instead, because it, it 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 felt a lot like Final Fantasy six in a lot of ways. It looks like the most RPG, yeah, except it doesn't hit the ground running like Final Fantasy six does. <laughs> it hits the ground at a leisurely pace. What you're saying, the first forty five minutes, a giant castle doesn't sink into the ground. Oh, or, hi, yes, you are allowed to visit our house. Let me make sure that our estate settings are set. Hold on. Yeah, thank you so much for calling that out. Uh, yes, there's a member in chat here who wanted to join us in, in house. Yeah, please come visit. The address is here. And uh, you're hearing me now sure. because we are not editing this. Uh, I might. I might edit a tiny bit of it, but I would prefer not to have to. We'll see. Um, let's see here. Estate settings. Listen, you got, this is part of the live show, right? You get the Final Fantasy 14 user interface experience. If you're in the audience, you can see which quests I haven't done now and how my UI looks. It's nasty. I know. They're, they're the scene of the sausage gets made. Um, social housing. This, God, this menu, the game in this menu. Estate settings. Is it locked? Free company escape. Guest access settings. Oh man, I'm sorry. Uh, to non-free. That's yeah, why there's there no one go. here. <laughs> Thanks so much for calling that out. I we never done. Thank you. Hi, I got a DM in game too. I'm sorry. I have my. <laughs> there are four people outside. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, boy. I hope anyone besides Zaf shows up. <laughs> Come on in. They 
if it's not <laughs> now we're definitely not cutting this out <laughs> they're just like oh man they're just like in any town hi there come on in go. just okay. like in any town in final fantasy 16 where you're just like you can't go in it's <laughs> all like, like these refugee spoilers refugee camps everywhere they <laughs> trying do to love get a, they do love a plot so with much refugee camps. Hi. hold on hey, let me do a nice hello Oh, thank you so much for hanging out. <laughs> so sorry that I locked you out. I did all this work. Thanks for welcoming me, Zaf. Or Z- Zaf, what? Alex, you welcomed me. Did I welcome you? You welcomed me. I spent all this time on the freaking decorations, and I was like, oh, well, at least they'll see it in the vibe. But hi. Oh, you got this sweet minion going on. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, this is this is just a hoot. This okay. is just a hoot. All right. Let's get started. Why don't we dive into our recap of 5.0? Did you think we were going to make it this far? <laughs> I, when we started this? I don't know. I was like, we'll probably see the project through, but I had no idea how much momentum we'd have at this point. This is fun. This is this great. This is fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk more about that momentum after the end of the recap. Um, but, you know, why don't you get us started? Because somebody forgot to open their notes. <laughs> yes. So, well, our first quest here, reassuring the masses. Sorry, quick recap. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, we didn't do the 60-second recap. My bad. Over the course of the Shadowbringers expansion, uh, we have been traveling around to try and defeat the Light Wardens, which are the most powerful of the Sin Eaters, mm-hmm. which are the beings made of light that are slowly consuming this world. They're monster MacGuffins. Monster MacGuffins, and they're made out of people, which is important. And mm. we've been going around and defeating the Light Wardens and returning darkness back to the land, because w- well, with the light invasion, there's no nighttime, and it's really bad for everyone's circadian rhythms. And uh, But we've managed to do it. We've been absorbing all the light into ourselves, only we've absorbed so much light that actually now it's kind of threatening to ru- rupture out of us and break us in half and turn us into a horrible, monstrous beast. Yes. And so Emmett Silk, who is an Asian, one of the race of immortals who are trying to restore the world to its earlier, more primordial state, uh, is like, hey, you know, it, when that happens, when you lose control and turn into a giant light monster, come meet me down in, like, the depths, and mm. maybe I can just, you know, help you with that. I yeah, can help you have a good death. That's where we are. And this is why I do the 60-second recaps, because you're at 90. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all the but- lights come back, all the, all the darkness people were happy about is left again. And no one knows what is happening with us exactly, like the people don't know, but people know something's up. Yeah, uh, so that's that leads us to the quest, Reassuring the Masses, where basically um, we uh, the innkeeper, I think the innkeeper tells us to get up, loser. Um, <laughs> we have to go quell some citywide panic, at least, I think. I don't know, somebody said that. Everyone's pissed off, though. They're like, man... Are they pissed off or they're more despairing? I would be pissed off. I'd be, oh, I, that's what I would be. Yeah, they're, they're like... Um... It's like when I. It's like when you lose progress at RPG. <laughs> Broggy is taking stuff in stride. All the oh yeah, considered. Broggy. Mm. Uh, Chesamil in the infirmary um, knows about our condition, and it's just like we're gonna get it figured out. Morton yeah. in the library does not know what's going on. And we go to the armory. To we go to the crafting place, and then we talk to Catless Everdeen there uh she we get a small cutscene about our armor and then it's foreshadowed that he would enjoy making something stronger for us and we're like ah oh, yes the re- resident absent genius okay sure whatever this definitely trope. whatever this guy this is um not important really right now 
And probably most people forgot that this part was mandatory for the MSQ. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us into the following quest in his garden, which is much better. Catless does have a great line as we're leaving here. She says, yeah. hey, that's enough for now. I'll let you get back to convalescing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we do, we do, we go convalesce and, um, we, we, she recommends that we take a little breather at the old tall pain in the ass place to reach in the Crystarium. The, the Rookery Tower. The Rookery Tower. Um, when we do so, and Ardbert kind of shows up to give us a bit of a pep talk. Ardbert's um, our ghost friend. Yeah. We're not, we can't, we can't recap literally everything. Okay. Stop. <laughs> everyone here knows. Okay, everyone here knows who Hardbird is. Yeah. Anyway, Hardbird shows back up again. And mm-hmm. he like he's reflecting sort of on, you know, what it was like in kind of a similar moment back when he and his companions realized what they'd done, that this whole quest that they had been on had actually kind of been fruitless and even counterproductive. That it kind of pushed their world close um actually pushed their world into destruction. Yeah, 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 and the decision they arrived at to sacrifice themselves to stem the flood of that mistake. Mm-hmm. So um, he he fist bumps us as a pep talk, and a weird light explosion happens again. That happened, I think, two episodes ago. That was weird. What keeps happening? Well, I don't know, but like he he mentions that it's like not a it's like he thinks. I think Ardbert knows something at this point. Uh, he's letting not letting on though, but he just vows to be at our backs should we need it, and we give him a solemn warrior of light nod. And our our tender moment uh, is, is interrupted, rudely interrupted by Fail Ool, who remarks that our ether is a mess, and also is mad at us for not like they're always mad at us. Yes, Fail Ool just like <laughs> perpetually mad at us. Um, they try to tempt us, though, you know, with they they have a solution. They try to tempt us with the crown again. Yeah, we can make us sever king. our ties with the mortal world and go rule as, like, you know, a being of light in the fairy realm. Uh, we scowl at them and they say, ha ha, wasn't that a funny joke? Like, no. <laughs> Definitely a joke. <laughs> no, I'm dying. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, and there's they, a good line here about, like, you know, mortals spend so much time in the fog of the future, but right now it's important to focus on the present in this time and in, in, in the time and place of this moment. Absolutely. Uh, they bid us remember where we are and think that of the Exarch, you know, that's the person who's missing, by the way, the Exarch is missing. I had to recap that part because we're going to go rescue him in two seconds. Yes. Should we begin to doubt ourselves and we stand in his garden, so to speak, so we should speak to the flowers? The f- speak to the- speak to the flowers and see what they know. Yeah. Also, if you could change your fate, <laughs> would you? <laughs> we we are back trying to change our fate here. <laughs> every time, every time Fable speaks. So we go and talk to some NPCs. They are, uh, yeah, and, and, and we and, learn about the Exarch, who and apparently this is where, was and this real is, stand-up guy. And this is where we we introduce new uh, a, a new uh, a new person. I'd like to bring onto the podcast. Count NPC. Count NPC? <laughs> yes. Hello. I'm Count NPC. One NPC. <laughs> you talk to. They wise, exarch wise, generous, but only go to Spire of Tower. For one day it may vanish as soon as arrived. Ah, ah, ah. I, Two I, NPC. I'm not stop you. <laughs> he arrived, brought refugees, and refused royal titles. But he is royal by his blood. We know that. Kind of. Nobody sort of. knows his name. Except Th- us. Yes. Three NPC. I don't know shit. Go talk to Lena. <laughs> she lost her parents and was raised by Exarch. So we go track down Lena. and Back in your coffin, Count NPC. 
And so she tells us that she's been chafing to track down Emmett Selk and the Exarch, and that mm. before he left for Kalusia, he entrusted her with a key that opens... Okay. The, the umbilicus? The umbilicus is what I have written, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, why did, did, did that room need a name? I mean, I'm fine with the name umbilicus. I think that's cool and creepy. I don't know why that's the name for this room. This room is very boring. It's, like, just, it's, it's, it's just his gamer den. We, we learn things here, but it's not like a cool, like tunnel that links the ta- somewhere in the tower to somewhere else like i might think an umbilicus is yeah i don't know um we just uh, whatever let's go in the unbroken thread is the next quest okay yeah uh in here exarch has a sweet gaming rig set up and there's mountain dew and doritos a everywhere. lot of books it's just like okay it explains there's like a lot it's just really nasty we have to clean up it explains why it's locked. You're like, don't come in here, mom. There's so many books on the floor. It's like my house right now. <laughs> oh, that is that is true and unrelatable. <laughs> and it kind of, yeah, definitely Mountain Dew, gamer, gamer fuel, and books. Those books are so sticky. They're very sticky. <laughs> it's super nasty. They're, they're, and as soon as like, I do wonder sometimes. How many ancient tomes do you need? Like like a dozen ancient tomes? Sure. Two dozen ancient tomes? I'm sure comprehensively contain a lot of knowledge. Several hundred ancient tomes? At a certain point, isn't the redundancy setting in? You know, we got ancient tomes right here on the set. <laughs> they're mostly just they're mostly just cookbooks though, to be honest. Almanacs. Yeah, In the year nine seventy three, the plague of fleas. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, there may or may not be a secret passage behind one of them. You are absolutely not allowed and encouraged to check. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we get an echo vision in here. We do because of the smell. It just takes us out. Um, it's that old factor memory sense. Um, but what we see in our echo vision is a meeting, or the, presumably the first meeting between the Exarch, Hood Down, and Uriangier. Uh Presumably, of course, right after his re- arrival, where the Exarch... Um, formerly known as Grahatia, <gasps> explains everything. Does this mean that Urianger did, in fact, know about this, about what was going on before from his visions, or was he just told? Right? Uh, b- both? So, kind of. So Urianger then, at this point, conveniently for narrative's sake, asks Graha to break down what the fuck he just said. And so, so Graha, he, yeah, here's ahead. what we learn. This Grahatia is actually from an alternate future in which the Eighth Umbral Calamity happened Mm. and it just devastated the world, our world, and everything went to shit. Um, And basically the world was collapsed into unending war for generations and everything and people lost all hope. But there were a few people trying to figure out how to alter this future. Our friend Sid was one of them. So... um, a theory was developed to produce time travel to based, enter the river of time and this this is this is important here based on the principles discovered over the warrior of light's adventures got it okay which ones do you think those are the alexander ones i think that's a really good guess probably yeah we learned about time magic well and and interesting we're going to get more of this dug into a little bit the Asians are immortal and they're very powerful. Mm-hmm. And they seemingly can move between worlds because Emmett Selk got here, right? Yeah. But they can't time travel. And they kind of seem like surprised that we can. Like it seems like no previous civilizations or stuff that they were aware of developed time travel. Yeah. So, so like, like 
we'll get more into it, but Emmett Selkin really wants to get time travel because it would solve a lot of his problems. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they proposed it was you know possible to, to travel between time and space, uh, but it would have to take literally centuries to perfect. So the world continued to burn around them, and after 200 years, they were finally able to open the Crystal Tower, where they presumed most of the tech- stuff they needed knowledge was. yeah was which brought the future alternate grahatia back from slumber um and they just shot the crystal tower across worlds into the past yeah the scholars knew how the rejoining worked at this point so they gave and they they deduced that the first was the cause of the most recent calamity um that caused all this you know i'm kind of shocked that a different calamity didn't happen in this time but whatever and they gave grahatia the mission uh at this point to arrive to the first via the tower at an age prior to the eighth umbral calamity uh they their math was a bit off yep missed <laughs> by 100 out, years like, you, you don't get a test run so you missed by about 100 years but it worked out so it's like okay well great this is how you're gonna because he realizes like i can't solve this myself <laughs> there's this is a lot of light and there's only one person i know in existence who could maybe in theory possibly combat all this light and, and so he spends a century kind of working on this plan to eventually kind of pull us and our companion well, i guess the companion stuff was accident to pull no, us over no, he messed up yeah <laughs> yeah like to, to um to to pull us over in order to save this world he messed up what four and five times orianje is very impressed that he's kept this whole plan on track for a hundred years which i imagine honestly would be difficult. yeah i would give up are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> This stuff's all cool. It is at this bit where, like, kind of, he started, Grahatia starts talking about, like, oh, but through it all, hmm. the warrior of light was an unbroken thread. When others would stumble, he would rise, and his tail filled listeners with courage, the breath of inspiration. When the orphans lay on their rock slabs at night crying, it was the thought of the warrior of light that allowed them to get up in the morning. Yeah. And when, the, like, it's just, like, more and more sort of, like, apparently we are the, the memory of us is the only good thing in the future world that, like, kept people going whatsoever. So obsessed with us. He's well, I guess I understand. I, I, I understand that I could not possibly understand what it's like to go through all that. But anyway, um, if this all pans out, time will unravel, and the uh, you know the Crystal Exarch Graha, as we know it, will basically be condemned to be- go like back to slumber in the tower for uh, however long until we actually naturally open the Crystal Tower, which may be millennia. Uh, which would suck for him. But, you know, um, thus, he was not too bothered to kind of sacrifice his life for the sake of us. Uh, and then, you know, we know the rest from the last episode about the duplicitous shit. Here's my my question at this point was, why did he got to trust Uriange and nobody else? Yeah, yeah two things here. First, Uriange's reaction is, quite understandably, why are you only telling this to me? This is this so sucks. much. <laughs> this is a lot to be responsible for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, like, I don't know that I... I guess in the sense that, like, because we're sort of, like, fantasy heroes, sure, if he revealed, oh, I got to sacrifice myself for this plan to go forward, we all would have been like, no, we'll find another way. We have to, like, not let you do that. But personally, yeah. if, like, if someone I cared about credibly said, hey, I'm going to sacrifice myself knowingly. I'm doing this. It will save millions of other people. Let me make this choice. I don't know. Yeah. I'd be okay respecting that. I would be... I I think looking for alternatives, not at the cost of everyone's lives, would be, would be nice. Um, yes. 
but I do under I yeah I think his justification here is a little thin. He justifies he's like, well, I knew that you were capable of lying to your friends because of what you did to get Minfilia <laughs> here in the first place, <laughs> which is a total read. <laughs> like it's so spot he's on. Like, <laughs> it's not wrong, but it just sort of sucks. And I'm like, I don't think. I feel like it would have been good. You've would you had enough time over you know the past five years to win Thancred's trust, and then you know three years to win Ushola's trust. The twins, I understand. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they probably don't get to be in the loop on this one. Alpha and I would just be like, "No, we will find a way to save you, no matter what." And thank yeah. you. Like, actually, we don't. I don't know that we need to. It's okay. <laughs> but I, I. But I mean, that's a discussion that's worth having before i get there you have the time to do it but mm-hmm. eh, it, anyway it's first story this is why orianje was lying to us the whole time yeah uh migraine's over and arbert still being a creep <laughs> staring right over our shoulder uh but he i guess calms us down we were probably a little upset um but he and i don't know why he announces our destination but he does announce that okay well we have to get the exarch back you know, we we know we know where we're going, right? We yeah. We have to get the Exarch back to get this plan in action, so we can save two planets at once. Which so, means we got to go down to the stormy seas under Kalusia. Yeah, we go by ourselves to an aspiring Amaro trainer to just go fly into the raging sea at the at the depths of the ocean. I'm sure that will be totally fine by ourselves. Just ki- fucking kidding! Are you insane, you doofus, dumbass? <laughs> the Amaro can't get to the ocean floor. <laughs> I don't care how well he can breathe. <laughs> We got swimming mechanics. We can do anything. We'll just hold control space for, for 15 minutes. For 15 minutes? Try uh, try two years. Like, we're going to explode by that time. Okay. Anyway, all of our friends catch up to us, and they're like, we're, you're not going alone. We're going with you. What well, you one of our doing? friends is like, I have something to tell you. And we're like, we kind of we flat face look at him. He's like... Never mind, you already know. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ariandra tries like to come you. clean. Seems like you already know about the plan. <laughs> I like that they don't, like, exp- this is where I think Ishikawa in particular's direction shines, where she doesn't always get expository. It's like, oh, yeah, she doesn't, like, oh, yeah, because of the echo, you already know. Mm-hmm. And again, another criticism of Octopath Traveler, too, but that's more, whatever. <laughs> Orianne the J- localization team does a really good job of showing not telling at this point in the expansion. Orianje seems really upset about it and is begging for our forgiveness, but I think it was a stupid secret, so I've already and forgiven him. And we're just like, shut up! We don't have time for this! We can de- you can deal with your guilt afterwards. Reen, of all people... Yeah, she does. She's the one who like thinks this is a bad idea, doesn't want us to leave. Like, no, what if you stay back here and we just keep trying to find a cure, which could totally happen? Emotions are high. And, and I- Alice's not having it. No. Yes, emotions are very high. She snaps, accuses her of like... Accuses her of lying. <laughs> She's like lying to, your, to herself and to everyone just to try and calm people down. Making promises you have no way of keeping is not a kindness, is what yes, she says. Yes, that's right. God, what a good line. What a good character. Um, See, they're willing to let me possibly sacrifice myself. <laughs> yes. They're like, they're fine with it. Okay. Exarch, but now, we, I, you know, people like, this is, I mean, it's still good character mm-hmm. development and just having one character misjudge the character of others causes tensions and um even and it's nice it's good let let these characters make mistakes that aren't 
necessarily the mistakes Thancred's been making for too long <laughs> with regards to parent. <laughs> anyway. Let's just go fucking help him, okay? After, so we're going to go, yeah. and the people of the Crystarium are also here to help. Apparently, it's Lena nice to told help. them. Yeah, it's nice to help, and they're like, um, batten the hatches. <laughs> you guys just occupy yourselves where we're away. Love you. Bye. <laughs> kind of I mean, just like... There is a bit here where often it was like, Lena, you told them he was the warrior of darkness, and Glenard, I think, is like, look, wherever he went, the night sky kept coming back. It wasn't that hard to piece together. That's fair enough. Um, But yeah, let's just... We're just... There's not a whole lot logistic... Unless you guys also can breathe <laughs> the ocean. Just okay. Like, just defend the home, I guess. To, to storm toss, toss seas. seas. Wow, that was in sync. Uriange knows a guy who can get us to the Tempest and actually make it so everyone can breathe and fight. How convenient. What other secrets do you have up your dress? <laughs> I was about to say sleeve, and I was like... He doesn't have sleeves. He does have a card sleeve. That's not the same thing. We meet up with him in the nearby village of Sullen, sister city of Dower, and high school rivals with Morose, I guess. Fucking, what a name. He points out that this you weird know, rock Sullen in the starfish, distance. Sullen starfish, those are their mascots. Yeah. <laughs> That's the starfish. <laughs> but he points out that this weird rock that's super weird and out of place uh is is cool and we should go swim at it and poke at it and see what happens turns out the rocks are like breathing i guess and one's a giant eye one is a giant eyelid guess who it is it's Uh, bismarck definitely not the weirdest thing to happen um at all so we're just like whatever it's an ancient fate entity yes bismarck uh giant flying sky whale instead of being a sky whale whale. in this in this planet it's just a water whale (laughs) He's both right. He flies, it too. He flies, but mostly a water whale this time, mm-hmm. which is not the same as a normal whale. <laughs> anyway, we wake Bismarck up, and Bismarck, understandably, is like, I am a giant whale who lives for thousands of years. Why should I care about any of this? Yeah, also, he's t- he just woke up from a very long nap and is a little groggy. But guess what we do at this time? We have a little light bulb moment, and we call out to Feoul in a timely manner for once. And they could not be more thrilled. They're like, yes, it's a time of need. Finally, they order Bismarck to help us because they're king. And Bismarck's like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> this is weird. But you know what? I'll, I guess. It's just, uh, who else? Who else to order me off? So off we go. So, so, so we, we, we head off. And then we, we cut to over in Kalusia where these dock workers are kind of reflecting on, wow, how insane has the last month been, really? I mean, you know, the Umorians got their city burned down. And it was cool when that giant Talos rose up. And the knight came back for a... No, a knight did, did not... It came back for like a split second. And one of them was like, man, you could live for like a thousand years and never see anything as amazing as well. well holy shit, a sky whale! <laughs> Look behind you! <laughs> then the whale crashes into the sea in front of the docks and the ensuing tidal wave wreaks hilarious havoc on the dock workers, Just I guess. washes them away? <laughs> the camera splash transitions into darkness and we slowly open our eyes to see the scene. We've been dropped off at the bottom of the sea under a big, big bubble. Just of like air. old times in Stormblood. This yep. one's a little bit bigger, but still, this one is a bit better. Um, we are here at the Tempest. It's really dark, really kind of hazy, um, which is totally, I mean, it makes sense as to why Emmett Selk would want to hang out here where there's a whole bunch of not light. You, you know what I think? It, you know what time it is? I think? Blah. Can't talk. You know what time it is? What time is it? I think it's time to finish the fight. It's time to finish the fight. At the Tempest is the start of the quest, Waiting in the Depths, is where you hear, in-game, in you're hearing our lovely orchestrian track, Full Fathom 5, 
my probably my particular favorite. I think a lot of people are gonna say that like the the one the track that comes after it in the game where it's like the piano one, but I think this one's underrated. It's nice. It's chill. It's chill. It's good. It gets the theme across without having that kind of like ticking, which is a thematic, but it messes my autism, so I don't like it. <laughs> Waiting in the depths is the, is the so, next quest. I I I admit we get here and I'm immediately taken aback. I'm like, what do you mean there are ether currents and ether current quests down here? It's just the seafloor. What's good? Bismarck breathes ether currents. Shut up. <laughs> we make our way towards the quest markers, and it's uh, an Ondo person who looks suspiciously like a Sahagan. Yeah, uh, one of the fishmen. Are, yeah, they are flummoxed to see us and run away. Uh, we catch up to him at a place called the Ondo Cups. Which is a village. It's a village and not a brazier. He is asked <laughs> to talk. He is talking to the leaders about the finless ones. And they're mad about the water. They're mad about the fact that we took away their water. You had just made a comment prior. Be like, man, I hope the sea life down here isn't mad about us taking the water away. Turns out they are. <laughs> um, the under chieftain talks about the mysterious illumination in the abyss, though. Yeah, um, so like they, they live in on the seafloor. There's say, like a big abyss. Yeah, something something's been stirring, and they have deduced that we must be emissaries of the ancients. Kel intrigue. I mean, and I guess we're because like, we're just like the first new thing that's happened to them in like recorded history. So, and um, except, however, Alpha and I was like, no, we're not emissaries of the ancients. So they tell us to fuck off. Alphano. Like, Alphano. If someone asks you if you're an emissary of the ancients, you say yes. Yes. I will allow that. That That's a fifth element reference. The Ghostbusters. Oh, thank God, Ghostbusters. I can't. I think. I, how how triggered am I? I don't. <laughs> there are two things I don't like more that, that like everyone else likes. One of them is fifth element. And the other one's arrested development. I've allowed I've allowed some Arrested Development rev- references and some Fifth Element ones. You know, you can't help it. The Fifth Element is an artistic achievement, but I don't know how enjoyable I find that movie to watch. I don't know why I fucking brought it up. It's not a Fifth <laughs> Element reference. What is wrong with me? The Alphano, we regroup, and he harkens to his old relationship with the Ando about the Pearl thing. So rather than leverage that relationship, he's just like, eh, diplomacy is possible with these people. I was kind of like, oh... When we revisited this, like, oh, surely we're going to talk to that one Ando we were dealing with pearls with before, right? N- not, not as no. part of the MSQ. Maybe no. in the side well, quest, I can't remember. A little bit. He doesn't he tell us to go oh. to the crab cave? Sure, I can't remember. It is, it, not really. It's not really a substantive interaction. Okay, I guess. Okay, great. I didn't. I guess I didn't notice it. But yes, the following quest is the following quest. With this quest, we still have to we do chores. We, oh, th- sorry. A piece of lore that we're missing here is that oh, they yeah. live here in the ruins in the underwater ruins oh, yeah, of things yeah. they call the ancients. Oops. And basically, bad. like you know, their home was destroyed during the flood of light, and only those who were kind of out hunting at the time survived. And so they settled in these ancient underwater ruins, kind of being thankful for the good fortune of finding a uh, place to live and um thus they determined that the ancients had chosen them to protect this place until their return yeah and we could be ancients yeah so like you know uh but the, the ancients bring them um protect them and bring them prosperity ipso facto if we protect them and bring them prosperity we're aligned with the ancients qed absolutely, absolutely. so we go kill crab we go kill crab go kill crab and then after we go kill crab we we um Ishtola asks us to yes. inspect the this ruins. Is, well, this is this is the following quest, City of the Ancients. You're right, yeah. We are then beckoned by uh, the the sightless Ishtola to check out something she saw with her weird eight ether vision. It's so funny. She's so, like, hey, 
uh, this quest. I want you to. I want you to go go scrape the walls for me and bring back a sample. And we're like, okay, we'll That's go scrape weird. the walls. And then we we go do that. And we go back. And she's like, what did you notice? And we're like, we couldn't scrape the walls at all. And she's like, That's right. They're indestructible. Isn't that weird? They're weirdly dense. I saw how dense they were with my dense vision. I was like, Why couldn't you just told us that? Go look at this building. And then we go look at this building, and we have to go into the sniper interface. <laughs> they love the sniper they interface. They love the sniper interface. You notice this strange window. The strange window. Wow. I've never seen that architectural pattern before. Weird. Okay. Like, and at this point, we start wildly leaping. We're like, yeah. hmm, why did Emmett Selk retreat here? Unless it serves his agenda, or perhaps this place is dear to him? Mm. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, he is a sentimental motherfucker. So we got- That's true. <laughs> the, the, are these structures from before the first calamity? I guess, okay, the actual evidence we have for this... Yeah, because of the mural it, before. Yeah, the window looks like the mural. Yeah. So she's got a little bit of a reason to like think this is where the Assians are from. Mm-hmm. So we... <sighs> We oh, remember which, the mural, and we're I, like, are there any... I wonder if there's any actual structures that look like the structure we saw in the mural. So we go explore this whole giant place. I guess it didn't occur to me at the time, but it, I am thinking about it now. I thought when the worlds split apart and all the souls split apart, yeah. like the worlds were kind of created pristine, and the souls were dropped in as new living beings. I didn't realize that... like literal physical ruins from the original world also sort of were just dropped across the new well, split reality. they explain this later, but I can bring it up now. Okay. Is that they... I mean, yeah, the they weren't... They were sundered, sundered and copied, right? And then, of course, it's been 12... They didn't... They weren't ruins when they were split, really. I mean, they probably were in ruins because of the disaster. Right, okay. But, like, yeah, the the copies didn't... They haven't been rejoined yet. Okay. So they're they're in much better condition on places like the first and the whatever other planets exist still. There's only like four or five. But like, yeah, um, they did, in fact. The physical locations were reflected, just like how Eorzea was reflected at a Norvrent. Okay. Um, so there, it would make sense that at the bottom of the sea where humans really could not disturb this place on this and this reflection. Good point. The ruins are still here. Okay. Um. Yes. So anyway, we do a search and find quest for this little dome thing. I thankfully remembered where it was. <laughs> so I just brought brought you there. So it didn't take us an hour to find it. Um, and But like we noticed that we don't see the buildings in the background like we saw in the other mural. We just see the structure. So we're like, what's going on? This is weird. Anyway, um, we found it. Anyway. <laughs> Back in town, light of inspiration is the next yes. quest. Um, so the the, oh. uh, the Ondo are happy. We've done a lot to repair the damage caused by the air bubble, um, and he's impressed. We scattered out the ruins, which he says, "Like, look, hey, so we have a ritual. We do. We've been working on a mystic lantern that we need for this ritual. It's like an offering to the ancients. But the artisan responsible for it has gone missing. Mm. Can we go find him? So we go track him down, and he actually he's he's actually a human." Yeah. He uh, works in this cool blue glass bubble How workshop. fuck did he get here? Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Bismarck. Uh, d- no way. Also, how does he leave? Like, when the air bubble isn't here, does he just stay in his little glass workshop the whole I, time? I hesitate to make these remarks because we know that this game isn't very realistic. But what the fuck? Anyway. This, this guy is uh, very clearly sort of inspirationally a reflection of a man on the source that handles all your relics 
Oh, okay. you've not interacted with really maybe once or twice on accident and i've told you stop <laughs> <laughs> you do not have time for this um but anyway um he's not started because he's not he's uninspired he's so very must depressed inspire with him with a crystal of something that you're supposed to have gotten from having completed one of your role quests um uh, yeah which, and so this is the point at which we took a little break so, so i could, could spend do, the next hour and a half to be to be nice, like to be nice to you, you, you to give you credit. You did most of the role quests. Yes, you left to do. I was on quest four of yeah, six. Yeah, so like so. the seventy eight one, which is where we last stopped playing. You hadn't done. I was like, ah, that's fair. So then you did that, and you got your crystal. It took a little while, but whatever. Yeah, it's a well, little we're dumb a se- that they did this. They stopped it in Endwalker. Thank God. We're doing a separate <sighs> episode on the role quest, right? So yeah, we're not yeah. going to get into them now. I, I did the healer quest, which was fun. We'll talk we're about it in more detail. We're not doing a separate episode. We're doing six separate episodes. <laughs> we're going to do one ep- role quest per fucking episode, because I'm not going to do... <laughs> All the content and then six role quests at once, right? Okay. We're going to pepper it out because we kind of have to. Okay. Because, like, we're not... Yeah, we have to We have to split up the... Uh, we have to split up the trials and the whatever else we did. And the, the MSQ because 5.3 is going to be a fucking episode on its own. Okay. And so is the trial stuff. If you know, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, looking forward to these trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do, we'll do a whole bunch of stuff there. So we're going to pepper the role quests in as kind of a side segment because they're more important and then we're basically not going to fucking do the Endwalker ones because <laughs> they're not as good sorry to say um but the uh yes that brings us to the so he came back with his uh, healer roll quest good job that's Yay. gonna be the first one we do um and then you're you are gonna have to level up your other ones so do your homework i'm working on it I'm yeah it's do- not easy uh, i can help if you need it uh and i'm sure lovely people in our discord would love to group up with you right Right, everyone? Woo! <laughs> anyway, um, the Illuminated Land. Absolutely. Next uh, okay, so Illuminated Land. He's inspired by one of the stupid crystals. God, whatever. He makes the lamp, and we go get the lamp back. Well, it's like a ceremonial lamp. It's like them. a giant coral statue. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I probably could have done more fates to get that lamp and put it in here, but I just bought the Innocence one and put it up. In the, in the, yeah, it's, it kind of looks like that. It's big and sparkly. Big and sparkly. Uh, the scions walk up in formation and express relief that we've gotten their trust after they do their little ceremony. Um, and then Ardbert. Oh no, I did this out of order, but fuck it. Let's just pretend they left. And then Ardbert ta- comes and talk to us. He's like, "Was that crystal one of my fucking friends' crystals?" <laughs> and we explain that yeah, uh, 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 your friend's bodies became sin eaters. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, well." Uh, he, Jesus Christ! He takes it in stride. Honestly, he's like, "Hey, they were fine friends, and I'm learning so much about them even now that they're gone." Mm-hmm. And you know, even in death, death has taught him so much about hope. But he really wishes he could try to chat with them again. That would be nice. Oh well, um, Alice. Once we regroup with the Scions, the Alice and Alphano express that there are parts of them that doubted Emmett Selk. But seeing these ruins and all this evidence, they're like, fuck, I guess he's not I guess he's legit. He's really... Mm-hmm. Reen checks in with us about our soul. We're feeling pretty shiny, so we had best get a move on. Um, shiny, another word, apparently, that people in the the latex fetish community use to refer to themselves. Oh, oh is that is that self-referred to as shinies? <laughs> I don't, or like, yeah, yeah, I think I had, I had a, an old friend. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, he used to refer to like when they were doing ventures, like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of shiny men down there. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> okay, well, you know, 
<laughs> people enjoy themselves in a variety of diverse ways. No, no shame. I'm just like, oh, I just reminded myself. I thought I'd, I thought I'd do a bit of queer education. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the fun queer fact corner. I think it's mostly queer people that do that stuff. Straight people. Sound off, sound off to the, if you're straight and shiny. <laughs> is that the episode title? Oh, God, no. Warrior of Light sure isn't straight. Okay. <laughs> With the ritual he's done, had two, we... He's had two lovers. <laughs> They're both men. Look, yeah, no. Like, after seeing those cutscenes with Grahatia, yes. 100% unless, the... Unless you're a woman, in which case your lover is Lena. <laughs> you're not allowed to be straight in my head. Yes, anyway, sorry. With the ritual done, we ask for more info about this illuminated land that the Ando have been seeing. And there's a great deep trench to the mm. west in which mm. the entire city lies. The illuminated land. Um, so can we get there? Well, um, they say, we'll lead you to the entrance and then you can figure it out from there. Then go down, I guess. It could swim if you could swim, but I guess you, you jump. I don't fucking know. Go down. So they lead us into this giant underground maze of caverns and we go on this long route through many mm-hmm. strange terrains that are not worth discussing here. But we talk it's with our... It's really long. But it's, they, so they, they pepper all the NPCs along the way being like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Where the fuck are we? <laughs> This is wild. <laughs> yes, it's a long ass walk. We, ooh, I burped. It's a long ass walk, and we, <laughs> I can't, can't edit that out. Uh, make it to like sort of a U-turn cavern, and then right as we approach the quest marker, the screen fades to black, and then tell us what what happens next. Um, is is it after we're through the barrier? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, I yeah, forgot yeah. about the barrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go through a barrier. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was. It was super important. Well, and so we emerge into an enormous city. Like truly, mm-hmm. like it is a. It, is, it appears to be a full city on the base of the uh, of the seafloor. It's like it's like Manhattan. It's it, <laughs> complete with like. It's almost got this really striking Art Deco look to it that mm. looks sort of like what cartoons of Manhattan might look like in like the 40s? You just say like, Rapture. Or, or Rapture, fine. It looks like Rapture. Okay, sure. It does look a little, but it, it, yes, there are sparkling, like, it's very... It's nothing in the very game spiry, has like this. Nothing in the game at all, which is, of course, by design, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they wanted to make it almost seem alien, familiar and alien at the same time, make it seem human, and, and somewhere that... You, is for me it, it, it does evoke uh, a fully developed city like a, a, a skyline that it does not exist the skylines in this game are very still they're nice but they're they're so distant and insular in a final fantasy typical final fantasy sort of like overworld kind of way where you like see the the city as sort of this round thing that exists except for like gridania which is just fucking trees i don't know like, sorry sorry gridania lovers out there i don't love it um but uh this city is more like the sort of the sort of xanarkand style final fantasy 10 big maybe esthar for final fantasy 8 spoilers to you i guess but you know this kind of end game city that this the city that that this series is fucking known for. You know, it also kind of looks like a Sonic the Hedgehog level. I don't know why oh, I made man, that. Man, that would rule. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Up and down and all around. That'd be sick. Yeah, it's because of all those like loop de loops and the, the the spiros and stuff. It's gorgeous. It's really stunning. Um, there. I, I, I gotta say, we're walk as we're walking around the city and we'll get into it. But we're walking around this cool Art Deco metropolis filled with all these cool people who are friendly. I I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of like hmm. I'm a talk might have a point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this really is a shame. 
It's like, where do I have to go back to this? Oh, fucking. Oh, Ulda. Great. <laughs> I guess. Okay. okay. So so we get so the next quest is called the end of the world yeah and we're making our way in we're making our way down to a tower and I, we approach these giant doors and my first question is, is like how huh, were the were the Asians are they are they called the Asians what's the name of the race we just know them as the ancients okay the ancients like are the ancients like really tall and you said actually yes the ancients are in fact really tall and it's going to become a recurring bit here I didn't I did not say that as much I was like well what do you think <laughs> right like I mean that's a good question. Given the context clues around you about how big this elevator we're about to talk to is. Yeah, the, the elevator addresses us and recognizes me by name. So I guess Emmett Selk set stuff up to like, you know, the yeah, city you to, to invite we're me We're on the in. list. Mm-hmm. We're on the list. Have you ever been on the list before? Um, only at like business conventions. So not in a meaningful way. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never gotten on, into a club. I, uh, I've been on the list once and it felt really good. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> I have, a, good, I have a, re- a very good bartender friend here who's <laughs> helped me out. Um, that was great. Uh, he, uh, so we go back down. We, yeah, we, see, we see a hooded figure and it becomes apparent, apparent just how much bigger these people are than yeah. us as soon as Alphano just walks up to them brazenly and asks for help. They I, are enormous. I, I'm an Aura and they're like three times taller than me. I don't know if you're three. playing like a Lalafell. Like how... It feels like they're like... At, at three or four. Five. Yeah, I don't know. They're big. I guess mm-hmm. I'm a short little bunny boy. But like, I, I, I cannot imagine if you were playing like a Lalafell character, just how tiny your little like model would be next to these enormous. I'm there. Giants. There are plenty of Lalafell and streamers out there. You can go look. I should go check it out. They could but go. Yeah. You could go see Jesse Cox's reaction. Whoa, everyone! You know this like to the skyline, Emirat um, skyline reaction shots. There's there's all sorts of content farm out there. Yeah, and so the, the, like the, the, these giant sort of like apparitions of human-like figures they all wear the same dark cloaks and have kind of like uh the same kind of assian style mask on that's right this is a call out to jesse cox <laughs> better 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 come on this show and defend yourself yeah <laughs> For, what, but only after we get jason schreier <laughs> we need to hit like fifty thousand subscribers before i think we get that point ah fuck that we're cool <laughs> we're cool in indie right now we don't want to sell out no man <laughs> uh okay but but so like and these are not just like surprisingly these aren't just sort of like one line npcs kind of like crude sketches yeah they appear to be at least to sum it up from emmett selk's memory kind of like fully formed people like they have personalities they have opinions they Mm -hmm. react to things that we tell them like yeah they're kind of like full beings at least temporarily sort of existing manifested in this sort of ghostly city they don't have their own appearance though they don't have their own appearance and they well mm, we'll get into the aether current quests and talk about that a bit oh really yeah okay Mm -hmm. because i couldn't do them so (laughs) No, I, 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 I want to talk about it at the end because I took notes on those because they're really good. Okay, but sure. Like, at least, like, like they're not, like, full beings, obviously. They don't know that they live on the bottom of the ocean. They don't know that the calamity has come and gone and their whole civilization is dead. Mm. But they've got more autonomy and personality than I expected. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they, they got had, more autonomy and personality than Minfilia is where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> than OG Minfilia. <laughs> That's where I thought that was going. I you always just have Minfilia on the brain. <laughs> oh, and they have so, the, the, the most just, horrifying it's voice. Just I've low ever hanging heard. fruit, like her. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I love the voice on these guys. It's horrifying. It's so horrifyingly inhuman, and they're so nice. Every, everyone, they're so sweet. They're all just the sweetest to us. They and think they, we're children. They think we're children in costumes because we're so tiny. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, they just are so sweet. They tell us, you know, like, oh, go. You should probably get inside with your parents. <laughs> like, you know, presumably you're here for the for the big convocation that everyone's coming to town for. The convocation of 14, where the whole world's holding its breath to see how it happens. Well, no, happens. we kind of, they don't, I don't know, everyone's coming to town for, but more like we are asking around for Emmett Selk. And they're sure. explaining that's where he is. And that, like, you're a child, and that's, like, the chief of staff, you know? <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> he should probably. You're not going to get into the Oval Office. Yeah, like, him. what the fuck? Like this, it's really sweet that you want to get involved in government, kiddo. But you should probably go home. Like, have you? Have you the ancients have the most developed and functional, like civic and bureaucratic infrastructure of any nation state in this entire game so far, for sure. And it is, I mean, it, it it's so strikingly different, and so so like you know, we get to the end, you're expecting. I was sort of expecting sort of a final battle, but instead you're just at the DMV half the time. <laughs> so, yeah. It's great. Um, we are tasked with just splitting up and finding out what we find out. And back from the grave, it's me, Count NPC. That's right. I'm going to count off the NPCs. Are you ready? I'm ready. Count me off. NPC one, he goes, hello, young man, welcome to the debate club. <laughs> As you know, the 14 convocation, whatever, co- most puissant among, is that how you say that word? Pu- puissant? puissant? Puissant. I just said wisest. What, we, yeah, wisest among us, responsible for all important decisions, including the speaker, La Habrea, and Elidipus, the emissary. All seats, elected officials, and some more names to drop. Logriff, Mitron, Emmet Selk. Ah, ah, ah. I could have counted those names. Fuck! I missed a count! No! Oh, I'll never live that down. Apparently, one seat is soon left to be vacant. Weird. I got that count. (laughs) NPC 2! The final days are started by a cacophonous keening from beneath the earth. I hate a keening. Keenings are always bad news. Tell me more about the time that a keening was bad news in your life. Uh, when I was seven, there was a great keening in the earth below my house and it fell into a sinkhole. So that wasn't great. Oh, wow. I'm sorry about that. That must have been really hard for you and your family. It was pretty bad. Back to the task at hand. It distorts the uh, the control of creation magics in this world. People are losing their goddamn minds, and more and more nightmarish beasts are being spawned from the magic of the world. Oh, no! Fear, pain, despair, every dread impulse is siphoned from the mind and given substance. It sounds bad. That sounds awful. NPC 3 tells us this is the architect's office when we go to the architect's office. Not the debate club, a very different office. And it's not the convocation either, you simp! What is wrong with you? Besides, Emmet Serk is busy with the whole death of the planet. My god! But the 14's got a plan to see they're going to make a mega creation. I would count the 14, but that would be a spoiler. <laughs> oh, okay, that would be a spoiler? <laughs> 
Obviously, they're only telling you so many of the seats right now. <laughs> you know five of them. Well, now I'm speculating. Okay. <laughs> Good. Is, is my soul one of the 14? I don't know what you're talking about. It's probably your stola. <laughs> okay. Imagine it's your stola. Back to Alfino. He wonders aloud why Emic Cirque needed... Oh, I'm done. Oh, I'm done now. Back to my grave. The plan of the convocation is to... They're going to give willpower to the world and then rewrite all of existence in order to stop this corruption that is taking their normally positive powers of creation that let them make ice cream and rainbows and turning them into negative powers of creation that are spontaneously generating rains of fire and giant cracks in the earth. Yes. Uh, We... We basically surmise at this point that the reason Emmonsog made the city was that he just wanted the story to be known at some point. Yeah. Right? Just in case. I uh, people find it and are found like there's a I think for me there's a part of him that does sort of still want us to succeed, right? Um before we get there. Like maybe I mean cuz it's like, oh, then like if he wants this if his plan was to just commit to the rejoining, why would why bother making this? spoilers i guess but like the fact that emmett selk is not actually going to sort of be the primary villain of Endwalker, which surprised me i'll talk about it later mm-hmm. the fact that this is kind of like where his story ends at least seemingly in a major way makes it easier for me to kind of appreciate like the melancholy and a lot of the stuff that he clearly has been going through emotionally as he, mm. like as a guy who just has never really gotten over the loss of everything that he held dear like i don't know this 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 city and a lot of the stuff in it makes the character work a lot more for me. And yeah, who's he going to talk to about it? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Like he's like, also fucking like, Elidibus hanging around that with cryptic <laughs> motherfucker hanging around with us. Like he's kind of been like his coping mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Kinda, yeah. Uh, a greater purpose is the following quest. We recap what we learned, and then we. Uh, I don't know who surmises this. Probably Alphano. Estola, I Estola, think. maybe? Okay, or, sure. Estola and Orianje. She They surmise that the, this creation magic seem a lot like summoning a primal, weirdly enough. Yeah, because c- like, the ancients can just... They can focus on concepts and then channel enormous amounts of raw mana into so just manifesting must, them. So they must have a, a, a sure fit of ether, as they want to say in this game. Summoning for them must have been no problem whatsoever, but for our seemingly relatively thin souls, it would be too much. Thus, the spells themselves require ether from somewhere else, a.k.a. the planet itself. Why did I... Okay, I did the hand thing, but I did it away from the mic. What is wrong with me? Did not have the effect <laughs> you wanted. Not, it was just... <laughs> okay, so we're like... The planet well, itself. So, so where is weakening Selk? it and priming it for rejoining, that explains, I guess, a bit more of their plan for... Um, you know, teaching all the the tribes, the more manipulated, ni- easily manipulated peoples of the planet to the summon th- and weaken the earth. The more they siphon the the aether out, the more ready it gets for the whole crashing worlds into mm-hmm. each other. Yep. Okay, makes sense. Yes. Anyway, so where is Emmett Selk? Well, we should go to the nearby Capitol building, which we can't get in because we don't have the right permits. Mm-hmm. But we're like, hey. Maybe the Warrior of Light's name is on the list, because Emmett Selk is expecting us. Right. So, um, we split up. Thank Red and Ariane are like, we'll go look for a back door, just in case. Um, Reen thinks she has an idea for how to cure a condition. She's going to go off and do that. Um, Ishtola and Alphano are just going to go explore the city more, and we're just going to run off on our own. Yeah. We make it to the Administrative Bureau, 
at this point, and uh, we take a number as we wait for our name to be called. Seriously, it's like, hey, here, okay, uh, I'll check twice. if you're on the list. Go sit on this bench, and yeah. we go sit on this giant bench. And we it's wait, like we wait for them to check their imaginary database. Like, like the like the seat of this bench is like eight feet off the ground. It is eight feet off the ground. It's so funny that Emmett Selk made us go through the bureaucratic process to it, properly get into the capital. It's what he wanted he to did, show off. He was like, look, this is the height of civilization. We had a proper documented paperwork process. This is what you lost. We have to return. Oh, but do we? Anyway. We have to return to a government capable of proper administration. Yeah, we get to the... Uh, we sit on the bench and we hear that familiar cracking noise in our soul breaks but before we get any further into that uh, we are greeted by a shade that asks that that just asks to sit next to us and talks to us a bit differently than the others yeah introduces themselves as hythlodius i think it's pronounced hythlodius kind of that greek sort of hythlodius i don't mm-hmm. know hythlodius um and, and, and yeah. he is self-aware of his status as a recreated memory which yes. is fascinating yes so he has even even more identity than Minfilia, and he posits that he remembers being close friends with Emmett Selk, and that possibly during the creation process, a stray thought brought his own identity into being, something akin to, like, what would Hithlidaeus think? Or, you know, something like that. Everything he says is great. Just all these lines, like, yes. I play the same role as all the rest, a bit part meant to bring color and noise to this well-crafted stage. Too much scrutiny and will burst like the fragile bubbles we are, so I am of no concern. I merely wish to share your company. Hithlodeus is great. Hithlodeus is an excellent Sunday friend. <laughs> so, well, he's not the Sunday friend. He's like the, the, the escort of the Sunday friend in my head from Disco Elysium. The guy who smokes on the top of the balcony. He's kind of that guy, you know? (laughs) That's how I see him. And so we get a bunch of lore here. I'm going to walk through it, and then I want you to correct me if I've misunderstood anything. Yeah. What we find out is what's happening now at this point is uh, catastrophe awaits tomorrow. The Convocation of 14, who actually are 13 at this time, uh, endeavored Hmm. to create a will for the star to repair the laws of order and halt destruction. And such creation needed great power, and so nearly half of the ancients left offered up their lives to power Zodiac, as Zodiac was born. So Zodiac was successful, he reached forth, he halted the March of Oblivion. But, you know, he just stopped it, he didn't repair everything. The star was still damaged, blighted, extinct species, poisoned water. So then another half of those left, we're down to 25% now, uh, gave themselves to Zodiac again to cleanse the world and restore it. And Mm -hmm. as we're hearing all this, we're watching shades and the world around us kind of fade out of existence. So the cycle of life began anew, and we and the ancients began to consider how they might protect this new world that they had, and um, and then the council had a debate, which was, should we nurture the world until it's bursting with life again, and then trade some of that life back to Zodiac to return the souls of those who had fed his strength in the first place, basically mm. bring back the dead who sacrificed themselves by kind of like farming this new world to feed him. And some were like, we're not down with that. They believed that enough had been sacrificed to Zodiac already, that the new world belonged to the new lives that inhabited it. A side note here, my note says they were right. (laughs) And so they sacrificed themselves to create Heidelin, a being in opposition. And for the first time in the world, in, in history, their people stood divided between the people who wanted to 
cull the world for life to restore those who were lost and those who wanted to protect the world as existed oh, now for those oh new God. beings. So you're telling me that what Emmett Selk wants to bring back is a fucking two-party system? <laughs> you know what they really needed? They really, like, they just needed to get rid of the filibuster. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. Uh, sorry. No, and I this conflict you... ended with the end of the world. It's the last line there, which is, <laughs> you know, the ultimate way to break the filibuster. Yes. If you want to break the filibuster, you must first deconstruct the universe. Basically, um, no, you, I think you got that summary spot on. Um, Emmett Selk, at this point, he, he talks about Emmett Selk as sort of always a champion of the will of Zodiac. Um, and though he appears glib, Hithlidaeus has certain suspicions that the burdens of, of time and his duty have been weighing on him over the millennia. Um, cut to this cuts to nice cinematically cutting to Emmett Selk walking very um, morosely with the shades. He was also a champion wrestler for the the morose mongoose, mongooses, mongoose. You know, morose high. Not a single, not a giggle. No, not a <laughs> giggle. Not even nothing. Nothing on that one. I liked. I was proud of that one. You were sure proud, proud of that one. I was, was like, that, "That's a good callback." I'm sure the audience is giggling right now. They're not on mics. So you can't hear them. But I'm, everyone in the audience, can you can you laugh for us? <laughs> please, please clap. Very. D- <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. Awesome. You're doing great. Cool. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Over. Uh, our name gets called at this time. And before we go, Hithlidaeus points out that um, aren't you? You know, it's you, who's your friend? <laughs> He's Ardbird as well. And he's like, excuse and we're like, excuse me? <laughs> Someone else can finally see Ardbert. And presumably Emmett Selk has seen Ardbert all along as well. Yeah, he sees the faintest suggestion of a soul and deduces that otherwise only we can see him. Uh, and uh, he makes it explicit at this point. In time, in our time, the two of our souls were the same soul and that their, their, their color is identical. How funny. It's what, uh, and it's, it's kind of funny that this is he, what, exactly what he would have expected have expected of quote-unquote us. I wonder if Emmett Selk observed a hint of quote-unquote him in quote-unquote us. He bids farewell, then vanishes. We're the 14th one who wasn't there, which is why there are 13 Asians and 14 council members. Okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna, we'll see, we'll see what Endwalker holds. I, 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 I'm just putting some math together in my head. 13, <laughs> 1, 14. <laughs> Uh, we meet up with everyone, catch up the folks on what we learned about, about the final days, and that Zodiac, ultimately, we kind of do just that he isn't going to fix the problem either, and that Emmett Selk was a little bit full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he resolves to fight the fight Emmett Selk head on, like, no, we're going we're gonna to just fight him and see if we're going to do our plan instead. And that brings us to the final quest. Oh, also, one other thing here. Oh, yeah? I'm, I'm flagging it now. I'll talk about Flag it later. It. Flag it. Alice also was like, yeah, and we really shouldn't let him get his hands on the Exarch's time travel powers. That would suck that for would suck. everyone. He, he could just go back and like sort of like he could go back and change everything. Okay. I should go back and change everything and still not solve the problem. <laughs> Reen's also like, are we sure like fighting this guy is the only way though? Because he created this entire city. He's actually really, really strong. Are we sure we can do this? But you know, we don't have any options. So like he's as we learned. He's a champion of the will of Zodiac and also a little bit tempered, <laughs> slightly mm-hmm. tempered. So hard for us to reason with him. Um, so Shadowbringers being, bring, well, I thought we're not going to try. In the quest, Shadowbringers. Shadowbringers. Oh, oh, I can't sing. Right. 
talked uh, talk to everyone one by one. We speak to everyone before we, we go. We get the one by one anime time. And we make our way for the Capitol building. Finally, not the DMV, not the laundromat, not the debate club. We're headed into the Capitol. We're headed into the Capitol. With Reen, she worries for us. We we reassure her that we're not at the end. Kind of, she's the last one. We're not really asking to be saved by her. We're just going to go do what we believe is necessary to save everyone. And that kind of gets a click in her. She's like, oh, I, I guess that helps. Um, we also get a dialogue option. Um, the most astute of players will have noticed that uh, one of them is a direct quote from the final words of our uh, friend and ex, definitely canon ex-lover, Orchefant. By explaining our resolve, fate can be cruel, but a smile better suits a hero. Uh, you definitely chose that one, right? No, I said I told her not to hang her head, that we must all keep looking forward. And, and she's like, I don't know that... I don't know that that's actually true. Maybe the path forward is different for all of us. Thank you, though. I'm going to hang your head. (laughs) Fucking spike. Swear to God. How dare you? How dare you? I give her very mid-advice, and she's just like, Like, oh, thanks. That's not what I was looking for. She, I think she responds better to the the Horshafant line. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, if you just, if you, 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 you know what must be done. I don't remember the actual line, honestly. I just kind of was in the moment. Um, but I do remember the the vibe that that it helped, seemed to have helped mm-hmm. at the Capitol. We arrive with everyone in formation as usual in kind of our you know our goose migrating formation. And Emmett Salk pops out and he's so annoyed. He's very annoyed. It's like, excuse me, I invited one person here, and, and it's not to, even a person. You're supposed to be a light wielding abomination by this point, not just your little you're body. You're supposed self. to be a biblically accurate angel, and you are. A normally accurate bunny boy. What the fuck? And also the same people as always. Are you just lost without them? Uh, that's rich coming from him. Emmett's like... Listen, yeah, like you literally, literally like, summoned you just, your old friend. You, you like, like you just made a city with the souls of the dead. What are you talking about? Are you not lost? He does, uh, in fact, plan, you know, elaborates on his plan. Plans to sacrifice everyone once Zodiac is back, you know, which is a little rude. Of him, he he admits, uh, and uh, we we he, we just state plainly: we're here for the Exarch. We're not here to fulfill your plan. Uh, and Emmett Selk is surprisingly impressed with the Exarch. Right? He says, "No, I think I'll keep him. I think I will keep that one, so I can learn about the time travel thing." I'm going to make an argument at the end of this uh, discussion here at the, at the next couple of quests. Okay, the argument I'm going to make is this: we should have let Emmett Selk uh, keep the Exarch and use time travel. Okay, that's an interesting, interesting uh, position to take. Uh, knowledge here. Yeah, not even the ancients knew about this, right? He just openly admits that. He mocks us at this point for failing to see reason and then just immediately 180s into pure anger. <laughs> he tried to live with Such us and hypocrite. has had children and that chil- that lineage, lineage of his ended up with fucking Xenos. So that didn't work <laughs> out. But, you know, it's in, Xenos's, in Xenos's defense, imagine having your parent be virus and then your great grandparent be emmett Selk. <laughs> not, not the most doting great, of parents not, no like there's a reason he's vacant i just i think xenos would have been better off if like they let him go to montessori school that would have been a really good good option for him for sure he's um, like an environment to let him self-actualize as opposed to having these constant sort of pressures placed on him yeah yeah, yeah. uh so emmett poses a question here right 
we now understand greater that there's a, a, a world-ending calamity and that what the solution is, right? Would our people that exist today be as virtuous as to sacrifice themselves to save each other, save each other, and much like sacrifice so many of themselves, right? right. It's not just like one to. It's not like a one to two million ratio here. It, it's like like it's this sort of like kind of like gotcha moral calculus he's trying to do where he's like well my people sacrificed half themselves your people wouldn't sacrifice half of themselves therefore my people were better than your people therefore my people are worth more therefore i should get to do what i want and it's like i've argued with this kind of guy on twitter like you this is not he's a little little soft it's a little bit sophistry there this is not a serious moral philosophy uh no he argues that because of that you're all selfish and we can't trust you to live with our legacy with uh, with uh, to, to with our lineage, uh, Alpha now at this point speaks up. He just points out that everyone's. He just says everyone Emmett Selk loves is dead, and he hasn't accepted that. <laughs> and it's honestly not his place to judge those of the present day because their lived experiences are just different. They too are as convicted as as he is in their means of survival, and they intend to prove it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it is at this point I was so involved in this scene that I trusted myself with completely remembering what was happening in the rest of the the quest. Um, <laughs> and at okay. this point, I seem to be failing my past self. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're pretty much there, you know. So um, he basically just throws open the door, right? He's like, okay, all right, hey, you want to... Um, you want to... Fine, you wanna- prove yourself. And he throws open the massive doors to reveal it's just fire behind it. And it's like, all right, here, come meet me on the other side of this fire. That's a little dramatic, don't you think? <laughs> dungeon time. Okay, yes. dungeon recap. Oh, yeah. <coughs> One sec, I clear my throat. You got the song? Dungeon recap. Dun, 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 dun. Dungeon recap for the dungeon. First ball. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, fuck. Side note. Did not keep. You're going to be mildly disappointed with this one. First boss was the the first beast. <laughs> That's true. The first boss was the first beast. Which I, so I we should clarify here. This dungeon is running through like the memories of the I, day. I think the calamity we should take this finally. one actually a little bit more seriously. Okay, get out of here, dungeon recap goblin. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, okay. So this this dungeon is us running through the ruins of the city again, but this time on the day of the calamity itself, as like as the fire is crashing down and the monsters are invading and everything else. Yeah, and it's narrated sort of by Emmett Selk's um, disembodied echoey voice. Uh, yeah, the first boss is called the first beast. He brings buildings crashing down around us and meteors are falling and we must get in line and we all got hit a couple times i think you died once or twice but i was on this boss yeah i was i was a red mage so i was like because i knew i was like this isn't an easy dungeon (laughs) so well because i was our healer because it was the only class i think i had that like had the right il it's fine like listen you gotta learn you gotta you gotta go through it we were all there Mm -hmm. uh you know this wasn't easy on release day so um moving forward we learned more and more about the destruction that the 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 chaos had wrought um the second boss we arrive is just like a big cockatrice kind of thing yeah and then it summons a bunch of ad, it's an ad it's not boss. called the second beast but it should be it should it's, well because it's like the second and then also the third through 26th beasts are in that boss the so menagerie there was a menagerie of beasts um not to be confused with the royal menagerie hey but um call back call back to the last live episode uh anyway moving on to the the, so after this we get ported into space (laughs) 
into a floating purple rock in space. Literally above the planet, which we see is on fire it's below us. Very much, very much red and in chaos and very large. Um, it, it's just it's it's pretty breathtaking. Like the 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 set design at this point, the kind of set pieces, especially for. I mean, this game's not that old, but like it's still running on a. 2013 engine mm-hmm. right no so. it's, it's beautiful and the final boss is the pipe organ chimera it is the pipe organ chimera i think called ter therion i remember that because it's the name of the thief in octopath traveler one <laughs> <laughs> i made that joke yeah therion uh and it's got yeah it just shoots lasers out of the time Listen, we struggled on this one. I, this was a close call. I died what seven times? It's Eight a lot. More? You fell off. You walked off once. Just walk. I did walk off once. Just Most right of the time, off. I usually just like got blasted. The lasers. It's, it was. It was rough. I was out of mana. I was dumping healing. I was dumping so much healing. You and were we're f- dumping, you're dumping. You're being a little inefficient. We got it. We got to. We got to do a little sage school. Yeah. About how to efficiently heal because you can't just. You know you can't just spam diagnosis at this level. I was at a lower level. You can. But I was using got, all my adders galls. They just uh, yeah, it's hard. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. It's fine. You also gotta stay anyway. Alive. Okay, so you, gotta, <laughs> you, you saved me a bunch of times. Easy. Anyway, it's not easy. It's fine. Um, but yeah, we do it. We beat him, and this is where the 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 big. This is a big. This is a big fucking cutscene, right? Mm-hmm. There's tons of tons of content. Far, tons of, tons of tons of content creators have their versions of reactions on it, um, and. I would like to hear your take. Well, so so a bunch of stuff happens here. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to look. We well we okay. Are, yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to wrap my head around what what wh- where this starts and where this ends because it a starts lot... where we're kind of like we're kind of yes. Breath, so, so so we we defeat it. And then, um, and Emmett Salk, finally he emerges and he confronts us. And he, he says something like, well, that wasn't very disappointing. He was like, that was a disappointing show. And I was and like, no like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> With the way we handled that last boss, mm-hmm. it's just like permanent weakness, debuffs, out of mana. Anyway, he's taunting us and just one by one, kind of like all of our companions, just basically tell him to eat shit and try and like attack him. So mm-hmm. like, Alice runs at him to stab him, but he, she can't just, break through his shield. Um, and like, and she's, she is so she's very mad. She's full of energy and she's pissed off. She's like, these are our worlds. They are full of life. They are full of hope. You cannot destroy them. He looks very bored. Mm. We are a mistake. He says, we have known perfection. You are all flawed shadows and pale imitations. Swats her Alphano again is like, you can belittle us, but we're going to keep rising again and again. We define our worth, not the circumstances of our creation. At this point, giant Love black arrow swords attack us from the sky and explode, letting literally everyone else but me out. Yeah. Um, and he wants to reclaim his heritage so he can expunge my stain from history's weave. Jesus Christ, the, the grandiosity is getting yeah, the best of him at this point. He's a little, mm-hmm. little certain at this point, but uh, so he gets a little. Uh, there's a bit of a back and forth. Yustola and Uriange get their moments. Uh, Uriange well. throws a shield around me. Yustola drops a meteor on his head. Uh, those do nothing. Um, and then Thancred does his little gunbreaker flippy flip. Uh, to draw his attention as our soul begins to break apart. The light begins to like like uh, break and out of us. Range attempts to run at us, and before she can make it to us to stabilize us, Emmett Selk throws his one of another one of his uh, shadow arrows at her right through the gut, and the music cuts out. And it looks like she just collapses on the floor. If, no if she died here, I was going to be so pissed. Spoilers: She does not. But that would suck. That would mm-hmm. suck. But I mean, it would. She tried trying to save us. But. Yep. 
and then um and then all this is happening and then i start just barfing up light i just like start like it starts erupting out we, of yeah we throat. start turning into te- we start having a little tesseline moment um it's not that nice nice little f- fallback that's just what happens we turn into a sin eater and then we, we find ourselves in we, a white void yeah we it fades to white we are kind of on the ground and next to us is our pal Ardbert. And asks Ardbert us. asks us if we could take another step. This part I do remember. If we could take another step, would would we be able to do it? Would we save our world? Um, for me, I said what all by myself. <laughs> I, like I, just, the, I like I like the, I like the coy ones. I just said I could, but at this you point, the guitars kick in and it rules. Guitar kicks in. He drops his axe down, and that similar feeling of uh that similar sort of spark happens as it happens twice at the, has happened twice at this point um and, what, and, and tell, there's like, a shot here where yes the, the, there's the explosion of light ardbert speaks in through me and says like you know the world is not yours to end this is our future and our story and emmett Selk briefly opens his eyes and what does he see he sees us in the light as a hooded figure looking yeah. like a full Asian. uh yeah <laughs> and then the light fades leaving normal me leaving normal me standing there yeah. Bah, a trick of the light. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, before we get into the fight, what the fuck is that? Um, well, now, like, I, I've kind of been speculating, but, like, now I'm guessing that, like, we are probably one of the Asians, or, like, we were one of them. Like, it's That's like, it's like too, our right? true soul yes. shining through for a moment. Right. They've, I mean, they've talked about, they talked about, like, yeah, of course, Hithlidea said that the tools are split. Mm-hmm. But what what happened just now? What was that? You, um, you know the word for it. Rejoining? It's a fucking rejoining. Okay, it's rejoining. All That's right, that's yeah. a rejoining, right? I guess and yeah. Like hardware soul and our soul. Like, they've been. Mm-hmm. I want to talk. I've been wanting to talk about this for so long because they've been doing so good of a job. They explained even at the beginning of of the end of Stormblood, where Emmett Selk is commenting on Black Rose and how like, oh, this is the same. Like Black Rose is kind of like fueled by light, and we can use the first to sort of pour over uh, uh, like a, a sure fit of light or like uh, anything that's like, you know, kind of re- re-equalize, right? And what's happening is that because of our, uh, because our soul is being flooded with light and Ardbert's soul is very empty, he suddenly, I mean, like, it, it, it then, like, between, re- there's this mechanic that somehow is like, what happens between reality when there's too much of one aspect and kind of like too little of another and like there's not enough ether, right? But so then his soul, it gets kind of magnetically attracted to us as soon mm-hmm. as it's in the same spot. Um, and thus they can just, thus the energy kind of like sucks in sort of like a, kind of like, I imagine like capillary action sort of sure, just like yeah, in. Like, <laughs> like attracts like. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um and so they just ended up like taking the shape. It's sort of this liquid sort of filling in a new vessel, basically. Um, and thus our soul becomes stronger. And they do this kind of well, they did this in Heaven's Word with the with the drag with the eye of Nidhogg to sort of justify our soul getting stronger. I don't remember if they had anything in Stormblood like this. Not so much. Just training. I I can't remember. Sound off in Twitch chat or in the game chat. I can't see a game chat right now. Um, but if there's anything like that in Stormblood, where we kind of like had a mechanical growth of our soul, this is that again, right? Yes. And it was a rejoining, and it did not result in the millions of deaths of others. Wouldn't that be interesting? If I we know. Could if figure you, out how to do was, that. If there was a, a different way. Yeah. Um, 
but the, but it's so they did such a good job of like explaining how how rejoinings work right it's kind of was like Chekhov's rejoining and they're like fuck is the is this actually going to happen right is this world going to go away or is this are we going to like maybe see another play but like plot twist <laughs> the plot twist here is that actually you get to see those mechanics you get to see Chekhov's rejoining fire off but just on us which and is it's been right in front of us the which, whole fucking time i didn't think about that but yeah you're totally right like my, mm-hmm. man we gotta find like 12 more of these okay no some of them are gone dude okay <laughs> remember some of them are right in, in the they're obliviated there's there's they're part of zodiac maybe or i don't know like the whole it's like not it's not one-to-one for okay. sure and it's also we're also not certain that anyone else is alive at the same time. Oh, true. Which is right, why, the weird, which like, is why Minfilia stuff. was just like, sorry, I have to keep you here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why she kept Ardbert around. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she was like... Cause, you don't get to go back in the soul stream. We got one shot at this. Yeah, she inherited sort of the same soul sight mm-hmm. or the kind of like the thing that Heidelin's powers, right, that strengthened her soul and was able to sort of see because she explained that she's like pretty much an Asian, right so i guess she could see souls and she's like uh-uh <laughs> you can't you can't die i'm really sorry <laughs> but also she couldn't i guess didn't have time to fully explain the entire mechanics of it so she's like sorry you live bye um which was probably the coolest thing she did all of which is to say that now Emmett Selk is like, how can you even, as oh, happened, is how can you stand off. against me alone? And in response, the Exarch is back and he says, we stand together. Um, and the, the Exarch and, is here. And he does. And he says his magic again that he did before right, in five and 4.3, you know, let ex- eons. What is it? Let's um, expand, contract, eons eon become instant. instant. Yes. And then uh, big glowy portals appear all around Emmett Selk, and all of the champions who are going to join us in the upcoming duty uh, mm-hmm. pop in from beyond and the there rift. Is, yeah, there's a, there's a similar sort of mirage-like haze effect. Does that remind you of anything? anything oh, jeez. Me- I don't know. Anything mechanically in the game? The Maybe f- when you're like... When you're running along the landscape and you can't see the geometry no, no, far no. It's off, like a, it's like horizontal lines that are like sort of phasing out. Maybe maybe at like the entrance to a dungeon. Oh, was <laughs> the little blue dots? Not the no. blue dots. Just like the uh, just like like the, the, the port. Oh, like oh, I see what you're saying. It's like the exits, the entrances. The, yeah, the, the things yeah. We used to like go into the duty finder. <laughs> the duty finder. The things we used to enter enter into instances. That's really funny. <laughs> this is they're now sort of retroactively, but very cleverly mechanizing the duty finder. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, you know, it did come up previously in the previous episode, like like when uh, when like yes. the portal out shows up in the cutscene or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Which so, just like makes like the metaphysics of instancing happening in the world yes. really weird to think but, about. But it's so cool. Uh-huh. They, they they like like just like it's not like they're really trying to explain it but they were very obviously inspired by the game itself yeah. to tell this story which is awesome like they didn't think about this in a realm reborn it's fun but it's really fun and it's so clever and we get to go into the dying gasp which is which is the fight against uh, Emmett Selk's true identity hades yes. he does cast off and more greek mythology Woo! <laughs> greece exists he, he erupts <laughs> in into darkness, and we see and we see his true form as hades which is a giant floating beast monster shadow creature got a cloak with a big old staff purple staff Let's say a Kirby boss. It's a, it, 
You're you're likening this to like Marx <laughs> or like the cloud with an eye and the sp- it does not look like a Kirby I I <laughs> I don't see it but I'm glad you said it because it is funny but okay. I don't see it for my <laughs> Anyway, it's a very okay. It's so, very how, good. tell us about this fight. It looks like the other bosses of fucking Hades. Like Hades is a, okay, it's a callback sure. to like final, other Final Fantasy Hades is super bosses. It's great. Um, well, this is I could go over the the mechanics of the fight. Basically, are we're on this giant dais, and then there's the, the not even mechanics, right? The aesthetic of the fight. We're on this giant dais, and then around us is are the the ruins of Amarat, right? And in um in, in in beating him up eventually he gets to this uh, motherfucker yeah <laughs> from the end of nightmare in dreamland okay all right <laughs> you know i'll give you that one i don't remember his i was i mean i was like I, god damn it i take i take it back a little bit Keep it's going, sorry. not like a general boss though but like a specific one so you can imagine my incredulity a little bit when I w- w- was hesitant to be like, um, yeah, no, as we beat him up and we dodge his sort of discs that are flying down and he's uh, berating us constantly as his voice lines and the guitar and the main theme kind of comes in that we haven't really heard since we've sort of zoned in or heard the launch trial, but like this is the big sort of climactic fight and um, the screen sort of, he, as we beat him up, he gets desperate the life bar is going down pretty fast, right? Yeah. He then stabs himself with his own <laughs> own cane. Uh-huh. And he's like, screw this 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 thing. I was like, well, that, I guess that's not your final form. Sure, why not? Right, sorry. Yeah, now we get the final form. Okay, sure. And that was really when he looks like the Kirby boss. But basically, there's this whole ad phase where he summons a whole bunch of shades we have to tank and kill. Cool, I guess. But then... Um, the screen fades completely into black and he has our soul in its grasp and we have to do the action. Hit the button. I'm sure that was really good audio. Hit me hitting the desk and shaking the microphone. Um, and that was the blessing of light saving us, I guess. Curses. Anyway, we manifest a platform for ourselves to land on. This looks like darkness and he envelops the, the casing does a bunch of swiping moves, AOE moves, tower, and it's just like this big, he's like, yeah, a big winged monster at this point with masks of all the Asians, or yes. all, all the ancients, not even Asians, like Lord of the Underworld, like, right? Like, he is tasked. He is it Hades. Makes, it makes sense, and it's such a fucking interesting take on Hades, mm-hmm. right? He, like, you don't necessarily realize it that he is the Lord of the Underworld. First off, that, like, that he was, like, I, mean, I guess this, city like, at the bottom of the sea probably city, of, city g- of the bottom of the sea right it's like that's i guess the underworld souls of the dead observance of the life stream itself he was able to pluck your shola out right yep. like it it makes sense that he is that they drew upon greek mythology for this character it's not like alexander where it's like this part is midas shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> But anyway, uh, it's it's a it's a really interesting take too because he is, yes, a megalomaniac like 
the Hades in it, but he's not just he's not just like fire and hell and brimstone and like the Christian devil, mm-hmm. right? He still is a, a, of he's, death. a he's a compassionate person who actually gives a shit about the souls of the dead and wants to usher in life. Really, ultimately, that's like the point of it. It's a very mature take on this, um, which I love compared to. The what the fuck is the studio that made Hades? Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that. Love the- fuck that portrayal of Hades is just a, a bad. Da- oh, I'm bad dad. Fuck that. I've talked about Hades enough on this show. Yeah, we're gonna keep moving. Okay. Anyway, we still beat him up though, and we, uh, beat, him up. we beat him up, and he's like, "Ah, no, I will not yield." Pops back into existence, a bunch of disembodied masks. Asks us some weird existential questions. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Because the point is, at this point, Thancred is done with this shit. He breaks through the veil of darkness with somehow. I don't fucking yeah. care how. Whatever. He's cool. Like, like Hades like will not stop kind of like ranting at us. And so Thancred just goes, enough, damn you. And he jumps into the air. And he kicks the white orosite, shattering it into a million pieces, which are driven into Hades' body. And then we all pour our magic into one giant blast. And... um. I pull a spear of light, or sorry, a spear. Sorry, no. Um, it comes. The time comes for me to strike with all of my might. Uh, there's a spear of light embedded in his body. We raise our hands for the yeah, final he blow. He it out. He shoves it out just in time. He's about to reach at us. There's this moment where everyone suddenly gets rendered in black and white as yeah. I summon Ardbert's axe and throw it into his fucking face. Yes, it's great. And all the light vanishes to a prick of burning pure white against the darkness and then into pure blackness. And then we awake standing now in the ruins of the city, fully collapsed, like like his his glamour dispelled. Um, just these shattered skeletal husks. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then like there's the the light all around us, which is interesting. It's not kind of somewhere at the bottom of the sea, and he's standing before us um, with a big old hole in his body. And it's at this point in the Discord call, <laughs> right? We're somewhere in this where we accidentally stumbled upon the soundboard, and I had thought that you you were ahead of me because I had thought that you were in the trial room, so I was playing around with it. And so at this point, I did open up Wait, I guess if I can do it. Yeah, because I was watching this cutscene with Hades as, like, the Aorus, like, gets thrown into him or whatever, yeah. and all of a sudden, randomly over my headphones, I just hear, yeah, yeah, Because I was like, oh, somebody's got a, a little Korok thing <laughs> from Tears of the King, from, from Zelda. And he's like, and I was like, hey, I'm trying to watch this cutscene. <laughs> Could you guys maybe not fuck around in the Okay, but fortunately, you, you did not ruin the actual most important moment of this whole thing for no. me, which is at the very end, now here in the ruins, Emmett Selk back in his human form. With a un- hole in his body. Unsheaths his hood and just implores us to remember us, remember that we once lived, and then he smiles, and then he fades into the light. Mm. And that's it. That's over. It seems that, like he's well, done. That part, yeah, Emmett Selk is no more. Um, and the, the Alphino says just that. And they check in on us, and they're like, what the fuck? You sp- what the fuck was that? And we get two options to explain it, right? Well, Yustola theorizes that, like, I guess the darkness was to your light. And then Rena's like, no. <laughs> that wouldn't fix the problems that were happening. You're back to where you were. Like, you got... Did you... Have you been working out? Like, what? <laughs> Did you, like, do a soul... It's like... Did you join Soul Cycle and it literally like worked your soul out? Like, what the fuck happened? And so they asked us what happened, and I just said, um, "I'd like to explain another time. Yeah, I think like, I'm very tired." That's what I did this time too, because even if you like, 
I know that even if you explain, like, I had help from here in this world, they're like, oh, okay. And it's like, well, why did you ask if you weren't going to ask us, like, follow-up questions? But then somebody steps out. It's Grahatia. It's Grahatia. And he's, he's in bad shape. He's in bad shape. Uh, and he's very apologetic. <laughs> but we're just like, it's fine. <laughs> he's crying in relief. It's, it's, it's good to be awake, he says. Yes. Uh, sorry, tis good to be awake. Gotta yes. have the, and we all walk off together. We all walk and off together. And we all together. head back to Kalusia. Yes. Um, give us your thoughts. Do it. I mean... Oh, shit. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta whoop. stop the audio for a second. There we go. Now give us your thoughts. <laughs> um, I mean, it's like about like the overall kind of like climax here and everything, or... No, well, we're going to talk more. I just want to break it down, because there's just a lot going on. I mean, there's like the epilogue. There's like the credit stuff, too. We're gonna shut, but like, I want to... Now, tell, tell us now. What do you think? I mean, what about, I think... About this part. What I think about this part is that like this, this bit here, this whole kind of like getting through this final confrontation... Uh, in terms of individual sequence, possibly the stuff at the end of ARR is still like, you know, like it's like a, a, like, like a half hour chunk in there I still think is amazing. But as like just sort of as the conclusion to this build up and everything going on in Shadowbringers and everything with them itself and everything, yeah. this is by far the best ending in the mm-hmm. game so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is certainly I think everyone agrees with you. I mean, the, the Metacritic on this was a 91 or two or something like yeah. it's, it's very much a, a universally well loved story i mean the i think i mentioned the standing ovation that um ishikawa got at fanfest i think or something like that um when they when they brought her out at some convention uh, was just after the release of this um and i think now you understand why yeah <laughs> what happened here yeah everyone i get it very yeah, good end really, to the story really fucking good Com- M- bastards maybe care about emmett selk they did. I'm so glad they did because I was a little like maybe they they might not get you. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard, but like he like I don't what he had to do, what he done was compelled to do in his circumstance was undeniably awful, t- terrible person, but like you still care about it. <laughs> and like and his ass his assholery. Look, it's the problem where fun. like no matter how you shake it, if you look at it objectively, the whole killing billions of people thing is a, is not it's morally good. bad. It's but morally like, bad. But if you just compartmentalize that a little bit and let the character work be the thing, yes. the assholery as a disaffected sort of like, you know, distance creating mechanism because he's really emotionally burned out by the trauma of losing everything and then living for thousands of years through like this half reality that doesn't match his old life or whatever. Sure, I get it. I understand how that kind of fucks you up and again from his eth- like his ethical standpoint like those souls would be back anyway like they're mm-hmm. not it's not just that he doesn't consider us alive therefore it's not genocide which is a little tired um and but also true to a lot of life and real genocide yes. like that's how a lot of people justify it but also like they don't have to be back anyway and there's like a mechanical resurrection he thing thinks anyway. it's restorative it's restorative mm-hmm. justice to him because of the bullshit idle and pulled <laughs> Which is like, I see your point, but it doesn't, now that we know, kind of, we know more in the future and we have a different outsider's perspective of like, it's not really going to solve the problem, is it? There there are, like, like, there is a a weird set of ethics kind of encoded into the world building here that I don't think we need to interrogate that much because like, we'll we'll see what we get into with Endwalker. Yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, that is, I mean, there's a, the post, the kind of post credit scene where everyone washes up and Rianji is not good at swimming and whatever. Everyone's <laughs> happy to see us and credits, but I kind of want to like, that's not that important as important as, as the cut to the throne room well, at this so point, one which is now thing, we, yeah, we want to, we want to talk about this point. I want to hit one last thing before we get there, which okay. is this. We also get back to the Crystarium and we're back with Grahatia and we're talking oh, about this sure. and we're trying to figure out, oh, how is Grahatia still here? We changed the future, meaning that the timeline that he is from should no longer exist. So shouldn't he fade out of existence? Well, but then that timeline needs to exist for him to have gotten here, right? In right. The first place. But, but so then this, this builds my argument, which is this, what we, what we should actually do, if I, if I could make a choice right now in this game, hey, let me use time travel right now to go back and stop us from denying Emmett Selk time travel so that Emmett Selk can take time travel and go back and save his world with all the ancients. And that won't wipe out our time because we've just seen that his future time hmm. exists as well. So Emmett Selk actually could go back to his time and save all his people and it wouldn't wipe us out because we've just seen that we're not doing back to the future rules here. We're hmm. doing like alternate parallel futures can exist type rules. That- I'm just saying. Maybe he should have gotten to go back in time and do his thing. Mm-hmm. That's one possible explanation for why why he's not there. Okay, if my explanation is wrong, then that whole chain of logic falls apart. Well, I mean, you're not considering the alternative, and neither is anyone else on the cast. And neither had I until you started explaining it. But, like, I mean, if... if uh, let's assume that... Gra- that, that Graha would have unraveled or like that we would all just like snap back to where we were on the source. Yes. Right. Assume that happens and that didn't happen, Rao, right? Right. Did we succeed? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's another that's... opportunity too. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Or it could just be the bad future is still barreling down. On yeah. Us. We don't like, let's yeah. Okay. Moment. Fair. But at least, at least we foresaw that we, Emmett Selk's not going to be the cause of it. <laughs> and this is where we cut to a couple of scenes. This is what I want to get to, right? Right. We, we go back to, to the We sor- cut to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, the, two, the, the gruesome twosome, uh, the Shadow Hunter, uh, Gaius Estinian and Gaius. Yep. Burst into the throne room. There's a, some rabble. I want to cut through this real quick. We're running a little short on time. Um they then run into Xenos just having stabbed his dad. Yep. And, and it's like, real oh, Xenos. no, which one is he? Like, which Asian? I can't believe. And he's like, you think an Asian would just stab somebody? <laughs> it's obviously me. Yeah, so he's back. Um, he, uh, Varus is like, oh, you're too weak to go for the throne. And Xenos is like, I don't give a shit about this throne. In fact, I want this throne gone because it's getting in the way of my hunt. And it's at this point that I start to really realize... Because you had made a prediction before, like, oh, I guess Endwalker is going to be all about the Garlean War. And then Xenos is like, fuck Garlemald. And also, <laughs> also, I assumed that Emmett Selk would be the villain of Endwalker. But instead, it looks like it's going to be Elidibus. Elidibus is a jobber. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that guy sucks. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could... It, it, we mm, there's a lot there's a lot to consider here there's a lot to consider but yes the, he cuts down his dad and um they the other two retreat because they're like you guys know we can't beat him let's get out of here come on <laughs> um and then it cuts to elidibus on the moon yep. looking at us like ah emmet selk is no more i guess it is time for me but there is one other way because he's basically just like well it's up to me, and there's one other way we can affect change. 
We must call forth the warriors of light. Yeah, right. We're the warriors of darkness now, so he's going to call forward his own warriors of light. Oh, boy. I don't know what that means. Um, also, he yeah. says that like emissary is no longer a fitting title for him, so I'm wondering if we're getting a name change here at some point. I don't know. I, that would be a lot of bureaucracy. But I, what are the ancients known for, if not bureaucracy? <laughs> he's just filing. Oh, he's just going to the DMV to get his license updated. But that's going to do it for 5.0. Woo! So 5.0, we did it. We so made we've it to got the end. a quick roadmap. We've got six. We're, we normally do five post check, post expansion chapter patch content whatever we're gonna do six because this shit gets in depth um plus we have the role quests to cover which are quite important this time around and then we're gonna do and then we're gonna be into endwalker basically so we got three months of of mm-hmm. shadowbringers content to three go months of content coming your way content coming your way but um before then I want to open the floor to you guys. This is always really fun. Um, people in the Twitch chat and in-game chat. I'm actually going to open in-game chat here so I, that I think, people can like ask us questions. I think at the start of the next episode, I want I do want to go over the Ethercurrent quests because they're really interesting. But yeah, that's we're a little where, short on time. Yeah, I know you mentioned time. that, and I was like, mm, they are probably very interesting. There's a lot... There's. I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of really interesting quests in this game that yeah. we're not going to cover for quite some time. The, the long and short of it is the one relevant piece is that one of the things we learned from that is that all of the ancients dress the same because it's seen as like oh, ostentatious yeah. or flashy so, to like yeah, set yourself well, apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's kind of funny. Uh, it's, uh, but yeah, the, um, any um, wonderful uh, buds want to ask some questions about... Um, Final Fantasy fourteen, not Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, favorites for us of Q&A questions, what our thoughts are. I mean, maybe some predictions or some reactions to stuff that we may have covered in the past that you might that you might have skipped because like who wants to listen to every all thirty episodes of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> now would be an excellent time. Don't slap you slapped me. Why oh, would you slap me? Connection to server was lost. Good. That's well, what you get. <laughs> Now is the time for the Q&A. We've got a little bit of time before we uh, probably have to go. How am I still in there? I don't know. It takes a little while. Like, it give okay. you a little bit of a grace period. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> reactions on my lovely decorations would be welcome as well. I'm going to take a look around. We've got some lovely glamours. Very, you're, you're very blue, aren't you? Don't make me do crowd work. Please ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> i did notice though while you're writing your questions out um the uh, uh they added a bunch of stuff Shadowbringers decorations that i had to like farm for this morning to decorate my house i was like oh fuck there's an emmett selk portrait that's really good <laughs> i gotta get this <laughs> and we got a question here from of course senior bud links predictions for Shadowbringers post-patch or endwalker content other than the of course elitibus thing uh, man, I don't know. I thought I had some ideas. They're all being proven rapidly wrong. Like, I, Endwalker, I can assume, is about, like, the final sort of confrontation around the rejoining, the Zodiac Heidel and stuff. Like, that coming to a head. Yeah. The thing is, is that previously the post-patch content has always felt like it contained really, like, the true conclusion to the story stuff we just played through. Mm-hmm. And, like... 
I that's not the case here. I'm not sure what threads of Shadowbringers content other than our other than our friends kind of getting home. Yeah. But that doesn't feel big enough. Like that's gonna happen over the course of this, I imagine, is like the scions getting back to the mm. the source. But like in terms of what the big dramatic thrust of the post patch content is, I've got zero clue. Well, yeah, rel- I mean, you're only going to not know for so long, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what I tell people when they just just rel- relish that feeling. Yeah, Endwalker, I think for the most part, we w- when we were going through this when it was current, we were also pretty stumped. <laughs> like what where could this possibly go? But of course in retrospect we're like Duh. But now, but but in your but like we were in your position too. <laughs> I, mean, I I will say like the flip side of that is in Shadowbringers. Sure, the final confrontation with Emmett Selk and all the stuff attached to it, I couldn't have predicted. But from the first kind of set of quests, the overall structure of it of like travel to the five zones, defeat the five light wardens, like you could yes. discern kind of like what the next twenty hours were going to hold on a structural level like that. Maybe not the sixth chapter, but Maybe, yeah, I, I'm very curious if in Endwalker like is it going to be something where it's got kind of a clear story structure like that early on I mean yeah there's certainly going to be um there's certainly going to be the same six chapter structure for us to follow um but is it going to be like is it going to be like get six MacGuffins or is it going to be like some new swerve every 20 quests well we'll just have to wait and see and I do want to mention a comment um oh no screw it we have a question uh, Eden Aster asks us uh, favorite job in each role. Um, I will start. For me, I always, you know, I always pivots. I started out as um, I started out as a bard archer. So I will always. Um, oh my god! I was like, who's running on stage? It's you. I will always run. <laughs> I will always. Um, I have a soft spot for bard, even though it's kind of the most convoluted and like least like good for end game content it's very fun to do to do um for i mean i guess for dps i'm gonna group them dps because i don't really want to talk about melee oh, I'll do, melee and caster uh, no i'll just say bard's like my favorite dps overall really? because like yeah it's a it's not it's not strong but it's like a good support role and i like that kind of mid support role uh favorite tank for me currently um, I would say Gunbreaker. I just like all the buttons. It's again not. It's not well designed for Savage or in, in content, but I don't fucking do that shit because it's like you have to press too many buttons while you're repositioning the boss. <laughs> and um, for healer, oh man, I love all the healers. I really love all the healers. Um, currently, I play Scholar a lot though, so I'm gonna stick with. Scholar. I've got Sage on my bar right now because my Scholar Glam is different, and I wanted to brand correctly. But great question, great question. Um. Oh, for you. What's yours? Yeah, I mean, like, um, Tank, I've only ever played Paladin, so I don't really have much judgment on yeah. that. Like, um, Healer, honestly, like, the Sage is my go-to at this point because it's, it's got the highest vers- yeah. versatility and stuff. Yeah. I like Astrologian a lot when I get to use the full kit or, like, the level 75-plus kit. That's just the, fucking hard. The problem is that, like, the daily queues so often are throwing me into these, like, level 34 dungeons, and, oh. like, Astro is not that much fun at the lower it's levels. It's awful. You're like, get Astro with no cards? What's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah. What about uh, DPS so far? I, like, I've got the Red Mage rhythm down the best. I can just, yeah. I can just pump just out the most... Really 
damage regularly at Red Mage. Yeah. Uh, I've got Samurai leveled up as like the melee. It's all right. I don't like it as much as I thought I would. And you tried to warn me off this. You were like, you, I Did kept, I? I kept being like, I'm going to level up Samurai, and you kept going like, Yeah, sure, you could do that, or you could try something else. <laughs> No, it, it's a, a lot of options. You might, you might like, it, you might like dancer. It, yeah, well, so I, I, I do have dancer. I'm going to start leveling dancer as well. Dancer is just good old Simon says. S- Samurai is not giving me a lot of interesting decisions to make. Like I just no. I, I know. Um, I, I have like. The I think down. I like a class where you're not making too many interesting decisions to make for like endgame content, where the decisions mm-hmm. you're making are sort of in the fight and the group stuff. And I'm like, I really don't want to fucking think about which button I have to press. Sure. Right? Yes. I just need to think about where I need to be and who I need to be with and things like that so that's again why i like healer because there's not really that many rotational stuff apart from astrologian um <laughs> but yeah that's, that's where those I'm at. are good answers mm-hmm. um two mark we got a couple more questions here i ain't gonna i don't no you know i am gonna pronounce your name zvintim learned cup Sven. That's a Rogadin <laughs> name. Thank you so much for hanging out. Asking, they ask, what kind of stuff do you want to see, like topics or places or other stuff in content going forward? Ooh. So that's a really, I want to talk about this. Well, so I'll say this. I have been a little bit spoiled on some of the setting of Endwalker. Oh, like, tell me. Like to the say point, that, like, I know that parts of it, or maybe most of it, takes place within the borders of the Garlean Empire. And so I'm curious mm. to like how much time are we going to spend not just in the Imperial Core but like this in is, other occupied I mean, territories. They do, they do. Like you'll know just as much as we knew by the time you know. Fan, you're not that far ahead because like obviously we're not going to not fucking go there. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, but, like that's a, a good question. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think I want to answer this question a little more broadly. Um. Topics or places or other stuff specifically because I want to announce not announce per se but like after six point oh Endwalker y'all we're gonna we're I mean we're gonna broaden our horizons a bit we're not gonna announce any specific things but we are going to start to talk about things outside of Final Fantasy fourteen if that's really exciting we got a couple ideas we have a couple ideas um you can of course drop suggestions at any time in our discord or like our social medias be happy to have them um we're not gonna like we don't want to completely uh, like we want to still play this game and like talk about some of the stuff but maybe a little bit less like every two weeks we'll talk about final fantasy 14 maybe for a few months we'll be like all right i mean because like they update this game every six months with the msq stuff right and the newest stuff isn't even in this but like there's some stuff we do still need to cover um, there is a certain, there is a certain long form set of quests okay. that are kind of ancillary to the to to the experience of Final Fantasy fourteen that we do. I do want to cover. It's going to be hard to be funnier than that series of quests. I will say, as a hint, like as for future content, we do want to talk about. We 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 need to. You you guys know that, right? Like you know, you know it's coming. But what we need to get through Endwalker first. Um, I have no idea what any of this. Means. Oh yeah, um, and there's going to be some other stuff. Like maybe we'll do like a general episode about the PvP or a general episode about certain communities or things that are happening within the game. But we do also want to play other games too and talk about them alternatively we could also just both start over from um uh, new game plus again and just do the whole game all over go directly to hell (laughs) 
So that's kind of what I'm thinking. What if you that? get like a third friend, and both of us have played the game, but the third friend is yeah. not? No, I listen. That's is that's enough burden. Um, okay, so we're gonna keep asking questions. Um, rotisserie chicken. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> Curious if you have a particular instance uh, that you really enjoyed. Like, if I had to pick a favorite, what do you think a favorite was? I mean, freaking so far for me, I'm just going to say Amarat. Like, Amarat is good. Just because, yeah, it was at the time. I mean, I. I um, if not Amarat, then um, Titania. I, Definitely in Shadowbringers for me. The uh the in the rotation the other day the um the final like the assault on the palace in Stormblood what was that called again? Alamigo. Uh, yeah, Alamigo. Alamigo came up again. That was I, I, and oh, I was like, oh fun. man, like this is like this is just it's a gorgeous oh, yeah, environment. The, the yeah. fights are pretty good. That's cool. That that is a very Final Fantasy sixteen type dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're running through a city that's war torn. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. That um, was the first thing that came to mind. Cool. Well, maybe you'd like really like Final Fantasy sixteen because <laughs> there's a lot of that. Um, so that's good. That's a great question. If you have time for it, actually, of course we have. We'll make as much time as you want. I mean, if you guys just leave and whatever, um, I ain't editing this. I don't, if you have um, favorite solo duty, oh, we already asked that one. Solo duty. Oh, the Nodum and Stormblood was your favorite favorite solo duty as well. I like. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The first thing that came to mind, Astrologian level 60 job quest. <laughs> that fucking slow chase. So funny. It's so good. That one always, like, for solo duty, that one that one springs to mind for me. It's like a niche sort of favorite. I, you know, as first as I found it, like, the Lakshmi one was a solo duty, right? Oh, yeah, with Fordola. Yeah. That was really good. That was fun, yeah. Like, all the orbs and shit. Like, like, like that felt like it had, like, more mechanics and stuff going on than I'm used to in the solo duties. Yes, and we have kind of a cryptic uh, question here from Vavoru Voru. Your comments about time travel seem pretty interesting. You think there will be some unforeseen consequences that could arise from it? I know I did. I did hint at maybe some, but it <laughs> seems like something that could have equally good and bad and unattended results that happen from these things. Yeah, like, time travel is always... There's so many different directions you can go with it. I, I so I'm usually pretty down on time travel stories, even in Doctor Who, like where it's like especially about it. But like when you're watching Doctor Who, you're signing up for it. So I'm I'm allow I'm allow, I always allow that show a bit of contrivance. But this game, like it throws it on you so suddenly and like so like you don't really realize what's happening and like. Oh, at least I didn't. Right, I didn't realize that it was from the fucking future and then like whatever this alternate stuff. But like. The two times it's done it, it's been pretty stellar so far. Yeah, like, Alexander and, um, and and this, right? I think this game is really judicious, right? I think the Alexander stuff, the, the Alexander stuff works because it's just like it's a well written sci fi story that is like interested in like the themes of time travel and how those things like impact people. And then like and this stuff, as soon as you make time travel easy, you start running into problems because then the question is just like, why don't you solve everything with time travel? As long as like we're kind of restricted to like, oh yeah, it took him like two hundred well, yeah. years time to build travel, a machine I mean, that could n- shoot that the crystal too. tower and back also, once. In in this in Alexander's case, time. Time travel kills everything. Time travel kills the planet. Yes, don't time do travel it. is, is bad. <laughs> Please don't learn how to do this. And, um, yes. Uh, ex- comment in from the audience. Excited to see Redacted Endwalker solo duty when the pod gets to it. Man, I don't, I don't want to fucking do that again. God. Uh, all right. 
I'm doing it on very easy. <laughs> I'm so I was so annoyed when I found out that you get to pick the duty difficulty in New Game Plus from the get. Jump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I didn't realize how privileged I was. Um. Okay. So. So that's going to do it for our Q&A. Uh, of course, you can always drop by our Discord and ask us questions. We're pretty, we're pretty active and chronically online there. Uh, the link will be in the description of the episode. Uh, do we have some bills to pay? We do. Okay, we're giving this one last shot. You know, we have tried to move to an ad-free model. We have been trying to avoid sellout sponsorships. We just, um, you know... We, it, the the Podtron thing, it, it's it not least taking off. So... Botron's not taking off and financial collapse. It did collapse. We're going to do one last... The CEO got caught uh, laundering money um, with a different... Well, it was was just a front, right? It was a front for their their black market... um, Activities. uh, Office supplies. In France. (laughs) Yeah, they were smuggling office supplies to France. So, okay... One last, so one last ad hoc attempt at direct support. People can PayPal us money directly. What the fuck? And if they do, we will give them this reward. Okay, if you PayPal us ten dollars a month, we will going forward mail you hardbound copies of all the written notes that we take for every single episode. You'll receive them as physical volumes in the mail that you can put on your shelf. So this is it, right? Like, this is the best thing we can offer. If people really want to support us directly, they can sign up and they will get these beautiful sort of leather-bound folios consisting of all of our uh, notes typed out and uh, printed out. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we can't, that'll just be a signal, I think, from the audience that we have to go back to the ad-supported model. So, you know, this is the time to make your voices heard. You know, mm. pay us directly or... Uh, or Suffer we're gonna... the consequences of <laughs> leather... To... Mm. So, this, these leather tomes, they're really... I've got one here. Yeah, they are... Um, exceedingly they, high quality. They cost us more than 10 bucks to make. high quality. I do, I do think... It's not... It's def, this is definitely not cowhide. So, there's something off about this leather. Is it like... Is it like... Uh, Maybe like moose or elk or uh, like it's 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 very like it's like it's a very supple. It's nice. It's very supple. Uh, uh, kind is, of um, it, I don't know. Like it's very it gives me like a very warm kind of feeling holding this book close. It, it, they are made out of deer. You're correct. Okay, they're made out of deer. All right, good, good. No, it's just a it's a good it's a good leather bound tome. I mean, the, right? There's too many deer anyway. Exactly. Right. Like, we, Look, we all know who no, we're really no, rooting for in Bambi. We're <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> He's he's okay. bent over double. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Uh that's what was familiar. This, these tomes are made out of Bambi's mom. Buy, give us money. <laughs> give us, and also, I'm looking in here. These, these uh, transcriptions of the episodes, they are written in very nice cursive. Yes. <laughs> Handwritten out and then transferred into printer plates. It was very expensive. I have 14 boxes of these right now because that was the minimum order quantity. So mm. we desperately do need listeners to sign up so I can get these out of my living room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are the books we mentioned before, by the way. Good callback. Yeah. That, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, buy our Bambi Mom books. So thank you so much for supporting the episode. D- don't I normally have another bit here? I don't know. I'm just going to plug the Discord stuff. Uh, well, I already did that six times, but links to the description. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, I did want a quick shout out. This is the live episode. It's a weird time to do it, but I did want to shout out that not directly, but I noticed and I've read that there have been a couple more Apple podcast reviews. Thank you so much for yes, having done that. Thank if you. you haven't left uh, reviews and ratings for the show, we now have an average rating on Spotify. Yeah, finally. We exist. <laughs> the so algorithm good. cares about us. Thank you so much. You guys care about us. And we love that. And we um, are, it, it helps just keep us going because we're just doing this for shits and giggles while we work our full-time engineering gigs that are <laughs> that are very taxing <laughs> for both very of stressful. us but uh you guys are a wonderful recharge for us again links to our socials and discord in the description of the episode and until the next episode which we are going to talk about uh the healer requests and 5.1 5.2 get excited born from buds Storm of buds. We've been the storm buds, ooh, baby. Good night. Get out of our house. <laughs> or, you can, or hang out. You can do what you want.